dude. It's a train from uh, Mississippi from the university. You know, it's a Marlboro train with all the clones, dude. Everything, like everything you could possibly hope for. Smash, tell them about it. It's freaking nuts. And live already. Yeah, that was so fast. Oh, we're live. Yeah, fast. You're live already. Dang it, never mind. We're going to have to talk about it next time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to the uh, Portland Cannabis Tasting Society. Uh, let me pop out the cat here real quick uh, while I do the things and stuff. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, first off the hop, ladies and gentlemen, if you know the drill, if you're 21 and over, if you're, for example, super freaking old like the rest of us, uh, sit back, relax for a minute, <laughs> grab your tasty beverage, uh, check if you have, uh, I don't know, papers or... Uh, Whatever, accoutrement, you know what I mean? Look that, look that word up, basically. If you don't know the word, uh, sit back, relax, hang for a second. If you guys are under 21, we're going to have some terrible news for you. I mean, honestly, there's just... There's, yeah, man. We've tried to sugarcoat it before, but honestly, West Engine... We're Not the sugarcoat. I watched the 40-year-old virgin the other day on, on HBO. The wax scene, I just, I was crying. <laughs> I was crying from laughter. West Engine, right. take the wax and rip it off. Yeah, man, they have to get out. They have to go about the business. They can't stop here. They have to move on and go on. Do, do something else. They can't stop here, man. Go oh, clean your room. Okay. Uh, that goes for you, too, a kid who thinks he's uh, super smart and sly in the back of the room. You're like, dude, I can totally hide in the back. I'm like 18 and a half or something. And this guy's saying like, oh, I'm such and such in dog years. I'm sorry, that doesn't work. Wesley, yeah, man, get out. Get That's out. Get, get your out. ass and get out, man. Uh, it would be helpful if they took their ass with them. You know what I mean? Yes, like if man. they leave it there, that would. If be they leave it where well, they're trying. They're trying to stop in here, man. It it seems like they are. They're, they're squatting. That, that's that's literally what they're doing. They're <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. If you guys would like to hear the show, for example, if you don't like to see our faces for some reason, or if you'd like to listen to it, I like to say like if people have like active hobbies, we've had like strangulation hobbies, a few other ones. If you guys have like other hobbies that involve hands wax candle making i don't know like uh perhaps you are the, the wax candle carver at madame tussauds like wax candle emporium or, or wax figure emporium maybe like maybe you do that listen to our podcast so we're on spotify itunes uh i don't know i mean I, I don't know if they listen to podcasts when they do that maybe they need to like concentrate but if you don't if you need to listen to dumb stoners talk about weird garbage uh please listen to us on itunes spotify Google Podcasts, whatever, look it up. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, well, D usually thanks the, uh, the foreigners that listen to us. Uh, thank you very much to the Bulgarians and the freaking, uh, we have some Finlandians or Finnish people, I guess they call themselves. Uh, what else? Uh, a couple people from Russia, like less, I don't know, D, maybe we pissed them off. Maybe like we didn't say hello enough or something. They like listen to us less, but uh, we're going to get to that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoy the show, would like to be, see it be bigger, faster, stronger, look it up on uh, patreon.com, look up the chronic table and uh, join the fellow patrons. Let's see here. Any other announcements? I think that's freaking it. Who is in the room? Uh, I guess as we do the, the, the first brief introductions, Chris Trump, how do I put this? I Spaced out for some reason. The show is, uh, we're off to a weird start. Uh, Chris Trump, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Uh, this time with wonderful internet. Uh, we like to go around the panel really quick and, and you know, kind of uh, announce who's there and then get into it. But uh, for a lot of people, you need no introduction. You're the first person that uh, uh, studied with Mr. Cho, with the, specifically with the Korean natural farming techniques, and brought them basically to the West. And now you're basically working with not just cannabis farms, frankly, a lot of other kinds of farms. You yourself are a macadamia nut farmer. Uh, you've been working with a ton of different people to kind of introduce that natural farming methodology to the to the world at large. Uh, welcome. Cheers. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, Fumador. Yeah, I, 
there were several there were several people that learned initially from master cho so i'm not the only one but going large scale that that was something i get to feather i get to put in the hat but um yeah it was a cool community that we all got to uh learn in the beginning and so it continues to be a cool community as it grows and you guys are part of it so thanks for having me welcome thanks for having you back uh, and thanks for, for coming back. Uh, everybody here was just like, what do they say? Champing at the bit basically to ask questions. So uh, it's going to be an exciting week too. You're going to be on the EO show later. You're going to be on someone else. I can't remember somebody else's show. Oh, was it potent last week, I guess. Anyway, it's going to be a lot of talking for you. Uh, we're going to try, I don't know. How do I put this? I don't know what folks are going to ask. Of course, they'd, they'd like to ask their questions, but I'm going to try at least because I've seen some of the EO questions. I'm going to try to focus more on like, uh, Know, less nuts and bolts you know what i mean like they're going to probably focus a little bit more on nuts and bolts and and you know frankly from my perspective like dude you probably talk about that all the time uh but uh, who knows what questions will come up the speaking of uh, uh brains reports zombie reports and uh you know thanking the the bulgarian listeners it's kind of convenient with the bulgarians a lot of them are also like boris's and natasha's so it's like you get like do double duty with the russians so you can kind of like save time you know right here's the welcome dude what's going on everybody hello panel welcome chris Cump again uh hello chat i'll break it brief because i want to get on with this awesome interview coming up i am smoking on like always my uh pink chris chatter and i also got some gorilla gas uh flower cheers everybody cheers, uh Engine, what's going on man Big up, you know, big up D, big up Ozzy, Smashed, Terry Lee, Chris Trump, Pat, Drake, Charlie Neptune. Big up everybody in chat. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's uh, ready for the most interactive show in cannabis. Uh, looking forward to uh, talking to Chris Trump and uh, hearing about KNF and uh, a little talking maybe a little Jadam too in there. And uh, yeah, so uh, looking forward to that. How about you, uh, Ozzy? G'day, g'day. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, thanks. Uh, no complaints here. It's a bit uh, overcast at the moment and pretty cold. You're lucky up there in the Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> um, what's going on? It's funny, uh, heat wave here in America. And you're, it's just hilarious, Ozzy, sorry. Yeah, it's pretty chilly, but oh, that's all right. It'll, it'll do the flip soon. Um, I'll say good day to everybody in chat. Hello, I haven't got it pulled up yet, sorry. Uh, hello to the panel, Fumi, D, Wes, Pat, Tara Lee, Chris Trump, Smashed, Chris Neptune, and Drake down the bottom. And I'll just, um, instead of telling you my experiments that I've been doing last week, which was fucking excellent, um, I'll just give you a bit of a rundown because um, Chris Trump asked before what was up. So yeah, I study plant science. Um, I mostly do postgrad studies because I want to do um, cannabis research. That's what I research in. And I play around with the six hormones. I can't get access to the other to, to the nine. So I play around with the six, fiddle around with them different levels and different secondary metabolite productions um, into the microsystem breeding and doing different types of techniques in that, which is pretty fun. Uh, that'll do, I suppose. I've, and one last thing was cool was I'm playing with this, this blue light spectrum, 400, I'll tell you, 457. 
And um, I'm getting this really good cytokine response in it, and it's putting amazing branching out. So there you go, there's a bit of insight. Who's next? Can't remember. Over back to you, Phoebe. Cheers, everyone. 415, we should, we've talked about that before. I just muted myself, unmuted myself now. Uh, silly how they're freaking messed flags. Uh, we've talked about that before, but not for a super, super long time, I want to say. Like, uh, we talked about red spectrum, blue spectrum. We got to freaking get into that. That's an interesting one, Ozzy. Thanks for that. Uh, let's see here. Who is next? Uh, Tara's walking around. Well, Pat, welcome. Uh, I'm told that it's your birthday, by the way. Happy birthday. Welcome. Uh, great day to join us for the first time. Cheers and welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. It is my birthday. Pleasure to be here. This is my wife, Carla, who said, why don't we go on this thing and do this for your birthday, which is freaking fantastic. So long time smoker, first time caller. Pleasure to be here. We are smoking. Uh, what are you guys smoking for your birthday? What do you have? I have Bruce Banner. And I've got the... Uh, Romanian silver. Romanian silver. Uh, had a two, two or three other strains earlier today, and we tried many strains in rotation. So. <laughs> D, D, if we have a Romanian listener, they're like yelling, "Oh my God, that's us!" <laughs> wouldn't it be funny? That'd be sick. Wouldn't it be funny? Like, oh my God, that's this is specifically for them, yeah. so they know. Yeah, <laughs> right? that's it. That's it. That works. Fairly, uh, welcome back. Uh, what's going on? You ob you always have the fanciest set, like by leaps and bounds. What's going on? Welcome. Tell us the secrets of that. Uh, it even changes colors now, I'm noticing. Like, that's freaking nuts. Welcome. Well, you know, got to have a little bit of fun. Been doing this for right. a bit. Got to have a look, good looking studio, you know. Uh, I do Wednesdays, lives on Wednesday mornings and Saturdays with uh, Drake up there. Drake's my co-host or down there, wherever he's at on your screen. Um, we do, we talked about regenerative farming and we've had Chris Trump on as well. I've traveled around to several conferences and have recorded them for y'all to watch. Um, yeah, and Fumidor and I have met down in Portland and we've hung out quite a few times. And so that's how kind of how I got introduced to all this. And welcome everybody, thanks for being here and hello chat. And I'm ready to dab it up. So cheers everybody. And I'll turn it back over to you, Fumidor. Uh, speaking of DK, uh, before he hits that freaking banger, did I just catch you like literally at the right time or the wrong time? I don't know. I, I'm always catching him the wrong time. Uh, DK, what's going on, man? Welcome. I'm a quick heat, so so it's okay. Yeah. I don't mind. I just the old 10 second deck. Uh, and yeah, as Tara said, I, I chill with her quite a bit. Uh, we're doing the show over there. I'm pretty pretty rooted in the in the Jadam techniques for ourselves. Just kind of trying to roll through with. Uh, Kind of, kind of one practice and get a little bit of a grasp on that. So I've been doing that for season and a half or so, and really thoroughly for for the last little bit here, and trying that on a small indoor scale, a small outdoor scale, and then kind of like a medium small outdoor scale, like you know, 160 plants or so. Um, so I'm excited to talk about that in the near future. I'll do. Cheers. Welcome. Uh, let's see here. Who are we missing? Smashed. What's going on, man? Uh, just as I'm catching you, freaking, he's like, oh, gulp, gulp, but you freaking choked to death, like. End of the show, right. Tragic Engine. Okay, we survived. We're right on smash. Yeah, we are. Right. Shit, man. Um, successfully have two tents. Well, two tents and a drying room going right now. It's the time of the season where the uh, dehumidifier is running 24-7. So that's becoming a pain in the ass. Um, I actually just bought a sub pump so I don't have to lug the water upstairs anymore. <laughs> I said, fuck that. Cause I was pulling out five gallon buckets every, like I would go to sleep and I'd put a five gallon bucket down there and just to keep it like it stays around 75, but 
the tents are getting a little bit too high for my liking. So when I keep it on, it stays right around 63. So it, it's working out. But uh, yeah, other than that, we chill. We got a couple more Ghanas outside. I got some GMO crosses outside. Um, some old school. I have one old school actually outside. Yeah. You sound like me. That, yeah. I'm probably going to sneak down to the dry tent and pull something off because I'm no more weeds left in the jar. Right. <laughs> so it's been hanging for about a week. Holy shit. It's the worst feeling, too, because, like, you're like, there's all this weed right there, but I'm out of weed. This is not how it's supposed to work. Like, you're staring at it. You're like, it's right there. But I'm going to wait. Yeah. I'd let them dry a little bit on the stems before I hung them up, too. So they've been hanging for about a week now. We're going to test them out. And they're not, they're not, the stems aren't snapping yet, but they're pretty close to, getting there probably another week and they'll be ready completely but whatever oh, shit man i have more stuff coming down and more stuff going in the flower tent mm-hmm. oh uh, live chat not perhaps, talk chat that's right uh i even caught myself just a couple minutes ago too i was like god damn it, i was looking at freaking top chat this whole time charlie neptune welcome on the show first time i don't know if i caught you off guard uh what's what's uh how do i put it uh, what are you smoking on tonight welcome uh, I'm smoking on a Banger series. Right on. Cool. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Cheers. Uh, I guess we can get into it. Shit, did I miss anybody? I don't think I did. Last, I don't know, a week ago. What? I don't know. Last show, I think. I'm not going to say who because it's like, dude, it's like a punch in the face or something. Like, I forgot to introduce somebody. And I guess we were, I think it was the last Bruise and Buds. We were a little bit like, uh, little tipsy let's just admit it basically we're a little stoned a little tipsy and uh it happened somebody sometimes. basically came and went like without saying a fucking word <laughs> i felt terrible but uh soul shine welcome before i forget to say hello to you welcome dude and by the way you're probably one of the guys that will have interesting uh knf questions right cheers dude welcome oh i, I hope so i'm really excited for this yeah. one actually i just wanted to give a shout out uh first Thank you so much, Chris, for all of your educational content that you've put out. It's really changed the way that I grow um, cannabis primarily, but all sorts of things, you know, and has allowed me to expand where I'm at uh, now growing next to a swamp. Uh, I don't think I could grow, you know, corn or a lot of the things that I'm growing here uh, without the tricks that you've taught. I first learned about KNF. Uh, actually through indigenous agriculture classes at Evergreen College and, you know, Master Cho's mission and found your work. And uh, it's just radically transformed everything that I do uh, related to plants and my whole understanding of it. So, uh, yeah, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. And thanks for answering my question on Potent Ponic's channel about uh, combining IMO with Coots mix. That was uh, really cool to see. And I think a uh, kind of a historic fusion moment since you both have been so revolutionary in the cannabis world. And uh, thanks, Fumi, always for making this community forum for us to come together and share these ideas, share the time and have this kind of social club where we can talk and like the coffee clubs of Venice of old, you know? So uh, thank you all on panel as well. I'm here uh, smoking on a little lemon sour diesel that I grew actually with uh, most of the KNF inputs that I learned from Chris Trump's videos and uh, some probiotic growing techniques. So 
I'm pretty excited about that. And got a little bit of fish amino acids. Let's see if we can get it to show up here that I just pulled out 14 months in the process. And uh, it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, like the smell is out of this world, like fish sauce. Uh, and drink it, drink it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I've been doing cool that every you, time. Man. Yeah. Thank you for the encouragement. Anyways, thank you for welcoming me onto the show. If you can't tell, I'm overjoyed to be here. Right on. Welcome. And uh, so guys, uh, chime in with uh, good questions. I guess before we get too far into it, like, uh, how do I put it? You came on the show last week, or the last time, but you didn't really have a chance to really say who you are. Like, uh, how do I say this? In your own words, who, who are you? Not who are you, but uh, what is the, what's your method? Why are you here? What's your method? What's the, the natural farming method that you basically learned from and I think refined for Master Cho? You've said, by the way, before many times on, I think this podcast and many others that you don't just focus on cannabis. It's a, it's a growing methodology, but it does work really, really well with cannabis and people have just gone goo-goo-eyed for it. Like what's, what is it in a nutshell, basically? Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a farmer first. Um, my uh, dad uh, started farming when I was young on the big island of Hawaii. I was born on a farm. Um, it's people think Hawaii and they think like Waikiki, but it's really, really rural. Um, and so for me, I kind of edged into the science um, backwards, not from university first, but from um, farming first. And um, yeah, so I, um, natural farming is an elegant method for growing food, for tending to the microbial life of the soil and partnering with natural law um, to be profitable and productive in, uh, in agriculture. I definitely do uh, work with um, food farmers um, as much or more than cannabis farmers. Um, I love and support um, the cannabis community. And, and uh, I'm stoked that everybody's seen that diversity, uh, that, that broadening of the biochemical expression, the genetic expression of plants through living soil. You know, that's really exciting and such a wonderfully test heavy industry that really can show all that. But um, for, for World Takeover, we change the food system. So I'm definitely, yeah. Uh, you know, ringing that bell. What is it about the, the natural farming that, that is so appealing to cannabis growers specifically? Because I, I, how do I put it? Um, a lot of different trends through growing will get people with have goo-goo eyes basically and they'll get really excited. But uh, natural farming is one of these things. Every time it comes up, you see Solshai basically smiling there. Like what is it basically that gets people so excited about it, do you think? I think there's um, two or three things. Um, one, anybody that's growing cannabis is for what they use to grow cannabis. And uh, as legalization happened in California, everybody had to sharpen their pencil. Uh, I, we, there was a regenerative cannabis conference. I think I went to the second one and spoke and um, everybody was pretty blue league just happened and you know being able to chuck a bunch of money at stuff and just still make a make a bun 
wasn't really buy more there. And so being able to cut costs dramatic, like extremely dramatic uh, and make all your, be kind of sovereignly in control of all the inputs that go into your farm and be able to make them yourself. Uh, pretty the big deal. Um, somebody won a cannabis cup and talked about uh, KNF being what they used to grow their weed. That was uh, an initiator. People kind of turned some heads. Um, and then, like I said earlier, cannabis is... Uh, oh, here. Let's see if this works. How are we doing? Any better? going no uh how about now can you hear me now or was it better with the earpod in no it's better much no, better sorry. i can hear you good yeah is it good though i think so perfect with, without the, yeah, with without, without but this. it's 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 chris it's just your connection every now and then it, it stops out yeah definitely if you mute that'll be better too uh, yeah, is it my connection? If, if the host mutes, All right, let's see. I'm going to drop off and then. Boom. All right. I guess hopefully it'll work. Uh, there we go. I, I don't know. I guess. If How are we now? Think of what we we're talking about. Uh, well, now I can hear you. Um, okay. If you can remember what you were talking about, please go ahead. If not, I guess we. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I just, I just wanted to. If people weren't hearing, hearing me, great. I want to make sure they did. Is that better? That is much better. It's really infuriating. Awesome. We've had this problem on the show, like where where my stream cuts out and yeah, you know, whatever. We're, we're not going to say what we always say. That, that that's but, the uh, beauty and the bane of live uh, live television, know. right? It is bizarre um, though that we've had this like live year, right? Like this, this was kind of a not. How do I put this? You probably didn't predict a year ago that you would have been talking to people in probably Zanzibar and I don't know, Zimbabwe and New Zealand and everything else online about farming. Like you probably wouldn't have guessed that. Uh, well, sadly to contradict you, I was uh, talking to Africa was cool before 2020 for me. Right on. Yeah, um, I, I get to do a lot of work in the third world with natural farming and uh that's the passion it's kind of what i'm moving towards if if i get my my choice but yeah to come back around to what we we're talking about sure. and i think the last and probably the kind of most um steady um stream to natural farming in cannabis is that um everything's tested and so, you know, they've identified like 64 potential biochemicals in, in, the, in the cannabis plant and any one strain or um, could have, you know, some 23 or 30 potential um, biochemicals that it could express in its, um, in its genetic potential. And um, when grown with narrow nutrients, um, we're seeing a narrowing of that, you know, genetic potential of biochemicals or cannabinoids. And, um, and when grown with diverse nutrients or living soil, these plants are able to express a, express a broader range of their potential biochemicals. And because there's so much testing, that's seen on the regular, that's seen over and over again. Um, so that's, that definitely uh, keeps directing people to the to 
you know, the door of natural farming. Is testing, how do I put this? It, I guess it's not surprising to the cannabis people why it's so interesting. That was, I think, a question of itself, maybe, or it's worth a question of itself. Why, why does it make cannabis better? But how do I put this? Um, is that why you're drawn to cannabis? Because you said that your kind of ultimate passion maybe is to focus on African growing. Like, uh, do you like cannabis right now because there is so much of that on the spot testing where you'll know like, oh, we did this and then this happened because they tested it for the oil on the back end or something else? You know, and cannabis is a gateway drug to uh, growing food. <laughs> you know, there's uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm getting converts to to take over the food world, and um, you know, I I can't tell you how many cannabis people, just like our friend um, uh, was speaking earlier. You know, with cannabis, with natural farming, it's so easy to transition into growing all your food at the same time because you're not it's not this cannabis centric um newts and technique it's just how soil works and um and so um yeah a C3 lot of plants. what's that oh, they're all c3 plants yeah mostly yeah so um yeah that and um it is a really interesting i i like learning about uh different crops um i've had the opportunity in the last couple of years to work with a bunch of different industries within agriculture and um um i've i've gotten to play on a pretty cool canvas actually here in colorado um down in parachute bff farms where we built the soil and i've gotten to do just natural farming you know, pesticidal treatments through Jadam and newts with no other real additions. And uh, they're, they're killing it and expanding. Um, and that's, that's an interesting thing. I like to be able to ask those questions, answer those questions from personal experience. Um, that's important to me that it's not something regurgitated, but something that I touched, tasted and understood how that, that works for that crop. So I'm, I'm, a, oh, I'm just, I'm a sucker for, for information. I like, I like the reading and the studying. I was going to say that actually, um, I don't know, that kind of makes you an outlier a little bit. Like there are a ton of people who like to learn and study. I'm not going to say that there's a ton of people watching right now, but uh, there's a lot of people that like to regurgitate and famously there's a lot of bro science and just kind of dumb, like dumb myths and just kind of old wives tales and stuff that I don't know weird flushing myths and everything else like uh, I don't know do you ever find yourself kind of um, I guess where I'm going with this honestly is I was talking to a friend that I hadn't talked to basically since before COVID and he'd had kind of a meandering history of you know growing through a couple states because you know everybody's legalizing we were talking about some stuff oh he was sent up to I think Washington or whatever to some bro and they were going to switch over to organic and it just it was a total bomb and they basically they didn't listen essentially apparently you know according to my friend but they didn't listen and reverted basically to a salt system again because they could just you know run it by a chart. So I guess instead of you know teaching people how to grow, I guess is the punchline. Do you ever run into kind of that, I don't know, like a brick wall? Or by the time people talk to you, are they always basically very receptive? Oh, I I get the whole gambit. Um, you know the the cannabis community is actually much more receptive in uh, on average in general. Um, people at least have the discussion, even if they're like, hey, yeah, I just I know salt so well, I, I, I'm dialed in, I grow great, you know, weed and, and uh, I don't want to shift. 
um, the the major pushback is is in the large scale ag. Um, I was just in Iowa um, a couple of days ago speaking to uh, 60 Iowan farmers, um, large holder farms, so thousand plus acres. And um, uh, one of my clients is out there, he's a thousand acre farmer, great farmer, smart, um, young farmer, uh, third generation Iowan farmer growing corn, soy, alfalfa and um, rye. And him using natural farming on his scale is turning heads in his town. People think he's crazy. Um, you know, and some people are willing to come listen, but generally speaking, um, the pushback from, yeah, kind of traditional ag, big ag is, uh, much, much steeper than I'm, I find in the cannabis world. I mean, you're talking about, uh, it sounds like it's maybe less extreme, but it probably is like you say, really extreme. I mean, you're talking about like the most corporatized, most technologized way of farming in the world, right? Like those farmers are sitting in an air-conditioned monstrosity of a machine, listening to serious <laughs> radio, you know, all day long. Uh, the machines basically run as far as the eye can see. I mean, you're talking about a thousand acre farm. Like they basically go in a straight line until they just can't go any further and then turn around. You can't even see the end of the farm. And then all the agricultural inputs are basically salt-based, granular from a bag. <clears throat> So like to switch to KNF, that is 180 degrees. That's like suddenly starting to speak Japanese in, at the cafe, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the cool thing is, is you can still use the machinery. Machinery isn't counter to natural law. It just is a, an efficiency. So all the machinery works. My, um, my client is using beautiful, yeah, tractors, et cetera, and and he's still, you know, he's, he's going to end up probably at a carbon neutral or carbon negative because he's not buying any of the fertilizer. He's sequestering all this carbon um, in, uh, in microbial communities. And so he's, um, yeah, it's, it's a trip. But yeah, the, the general practice of the bare land, you know, you finish, you harvest the crop and you got bare dirt neatly tilled, you know, for months and you just drive through acres and acres and acres of bare rolling hills nothing on it and uh and then you come up to this guy's farm that i'm working with and he's got cover crops you know it's all green rolling hills and so it is it's a stark contrast to how it's been done for the last couple generations um but i i have hope that i mean he's gonna make more money than them that's that's really what's gonna turn heads <laughs> They're going to come kick tires at his house. And when, when he's making more money, they're going to be like, tell me what you're doing. Not only is he making more money, but he's putting out a better product in the end. He's also protecting the earth. He's doing so much more better things for the environment. He's sustaining the um, practice so it can be done over generations, not just in little bits. He's um, not sequestering, like not um, nitrogen spilling and phospholittering. He's not doing anything like that. There's so much more benefits to that type of agriculture. Good work to him. So I always hear from people that are in like the bigger industry stuff, they're like going natural or organic. They're worried about the microbes because there's a micro count on cannabis or something like that when it's getting tested and it can't be over a certain amount. And if it is, it's, it's, it's pretty much trash. I think I'm not sure, Chris, you might be able to educate us better, but. 
Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, the um, especially in Colorado, the testing is pretty broken. Um, there are people speaking at legislative hearings um, to that exact topic because um, what they're doing with the um, with the counting and and how they're doing that is they're just doing total colony forming units, um, which you know in if you go to a wild blackberry, for example, and you take total colony forming units, it fails, you know? Um, and, and so to, to punish people for having life on their foliage um, is, is kind of broken. And it's just, we've, we've had, you know, it, and, and it's not just in cannabis, it really that there's a lot of misnomers in organic and, um, I mean, probiotic farming isn't been popularized, um, really. This are we're the first generation that, other than it, you know, three, four generations ago before we adopted a new way to farm. But um, so um, in Washington, they spray liquid IMO right up to harvest, no problems with testing. California, um, no problems with testing outdoor and indoor um, with the natural, the, uh, natural farming uh, cannabis growers I'm working with. Colorado um, is way stricter than either and, um, and really not the right numbers for the crop. And um, so um, we have, um, it, it really comes down to an extremely, um, very, very important to get your dry, dry cure right, to have the, um, the right humidity, um, airflow, um, to not take your crop off the dry racks too early um, in, uh, in your dry cure so that you're allowing that moisture to be in that uh, cure room. Um, so it's, it's more just, you know, really getting, getting uh, good at those things or, or making sure that you're, you're on, on the laser level on, on those lines. But, um, but yeah, we're still spraying um, uh, into flower um, and, uh, passing testing. Um, there were some problems, um, actually with the Jadam pesticide, um, being yeasty and active, um, and that getting sprayed on too late. Um, so, so there have been things we've had to work through, but generally speaking, it isn't an issue. Um, if you're, if you're, you know, taking care, um, not to have moist or overly moist weed in, uh, cure bins. Chris? How do you think that goes? Oh. How do you think that goes with the rhizophagy scale? With the cycle, does that mean that we can't introduce that for Dr. White? Remember? Um. Does that mean that we can't introduce that? Um, if it's if if that's existing, which it says it's supposed to be existing in the how it cycles out through the tip through the root hairs. Um, if mm -hmm. we've got microbes in there that actually are doing that and endophytes that are living inside successfully, does that mean that we're going to fail the test? No, um, no. This is this is foliar application of diverse microbial communities is the only concern. No, having living no. soil isn't a concern. Exogenous, not in, not endogenous. Okay. Yeah. So I have a question. Um, you said Jadam, one of the <laughs> pesticides. There's several different ones do you know specifically which one it was chris yeah and so it was if they and if they use specific sulfur so what i'm understanding is not everybody's using or not uh not sulfur uh, they're not using the correct um 
uh, ingredients. They're not using 99% uh, Claire. Uh, yeah. So the, the, the recipe, the recipe for sulfur is really, really important to not mess with. You do need, um, what's it called? Um, there's a but, word. But what, I meant, but what I meant was you said one of their, one of their pesticides, was it the sulfur pesticide or was it the, no, one no, of the, no, not the, the sulfur is not going to add microbials because it's not going, it doesn't get alive. You're not going to develop yeasts in it. Um, no, it's, it's the Jerusalem artichoke Arch. and, um, and really ginkgo or Jerusalem artichoke is all a cannabis farmer needs for pesticides. Sulfur is not necessary in cannabis with the pests that exist in cannabis. Um, you can do it all with the herbs. So you can call it all a plant nutrient. Um, we don't call any of Jadam pesticides, pesticides. We call them plant nutrients because we don't want to mess with the EPA. Um, but, but the, um, if it goes off, if it gets active, it gets kind of yeasty in there and starts to develop microbes in that kind of stored, um, boiled water where you boiled the new, the essence out of ginkgo or Jerusalem artichoke, that activity, those yeasts, um, can cause a test failure. Yeah. That would be so like that when your pH starts to reduce in them as yeah. well, it's a little acidic and you, like one could say it's almost expired a little bit at that point, like not necessarily. Yep. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I would say expired personally. If, they, exactly. if the pH has yes. gone down at all, then it's, it's, it's time. And I would see anaerobic. That, yeah. That could relate with, uh, with a failed test. Well, yep. so with all these things, we have to be super, super specific. And I like that you key in on that because it's, it's, it's even just soft water, not using soft water, just, just deadens the efficacy of some of these love, love say JWA on its own. So. The wedding agent for anyone else out there that's surfactant. But go ahead. So yeah, I noticed this. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, we've got a lag here. Go ahead, social. That's all right. I have a, a moment of lag on my end as well. I noticed that a lot of people, when they engage with KNF, they're like, oh, it's all of these details. I need to remember, like, oh, RO water versus chlorine or you know, all of these transitionary steps, especially in our modern society with life sapping chemicals versus, you know, the life restoring chemicals we're trying to promote with KNF. Um, but I've heard you put it very well several times. And then in things I've seen with Master Cho, he, he hints at this quite a bit, thinking of it like uh, almost like a martial arts tradition or a spiritual path. And this conception of the world that we're seeing get proven actually scientifically more and more as time goes on, uh, which I imagine is, is a great perspective for you to see. Uh, can you elaborate on this tradition, on this conception of the world that um, in, in my mind, and I think for a lot of people connects all these things and, and makes it less of a detailed memorization thing and more of, of a way to see the world and to practice in the world, much like a martial arts, uh, where you have types of movements instead of having to remember each tiny element. Mm. What up, Steve? Am I silent? No, I'm not. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think to answer that question, I'll go a little bit into how I journeyed into um, that concept or came to understand that we, I was sitting with, uh, 
at the first five-day class that Master Cho taught, uh, the only one he taught in the U.S. Um, and um, and I was taking notes, and my friend sitting next to me was Poncho. Um, um, Poncho's uh, Crazy Horse, Neil Young and Crazy Horse, that's his band. And uh, we're sitting there in Master Cho's lecture and taking notes. And Poncho leans over to me. He's like, Chris, every third word in my notes is love. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> and I'm sitting here like scratching my head, like wheelbarrow scale, one wheelbarrow at a time. It'll take me 35 years to cover 750 acres. And every third word is love. Like how... <laughs> how am I going to incorporate this in large scale ag? And, um, but I've come to understand more and more kind of what Master Cho is an incredible philosopher. Um, he, he learned a bunch of philosophy um, from different teachers, but he also is just a, a wise man. Um, and, uh, but I think an English translation, translation or a translation for the Western mind of that, of love, you know, being so much, so prevalent in my notes was a, a conscientious care for what you're doing. You know, that, that you, if you have facet, like you'll get those results in this system. This is a system that it's like learning to play the guitar. Here's the notes. Yeah. It's all those details. Here's the guitar. And you have the same capability that my friend Poncho has to play that song. And the only difference is he practiced. And, um, and so, you know, I think that, um, you know, getting kind of receiving or understanding the concept that this is a skill-based system is quite challenging um, to, to make that bridge from just follow this green, red, you know, green, red, you know, flush um, protocol that, you know, is just... Um, it's easy, you know, and, and, and our entire food systems on that, you know, um, thing where we, we get our extension agents recommendation and we order that fertilizer and that's what we apply. Um, and, and now all of a sudden the power's in the hands of the farmer. So it's, there's a lot, there's, there's more to it. Um, you know, we could wax philosophical for a bit, mm -hmm. but, uh, the, um, yeah, the, I think the, the simple is a conscientious care for what you're doing um, does um, have results. Thank you. Lasting great quality results. Hell yeah. Right. Uh, by the way, I guess I had a follow-up question, but honestly, we should introduce a couple of guests. I guess I'll let uh, Betts Grow uh, do his thing. I'm always catching people at fucking weird moments, like when they're about to dab or sneeze or whatever. Uh, Potent Ponics, welcome, dude. What's going on, man? Hey, hey, hey. Happy to come on. I thought Chris was on. Uh, up, yeah. Accidentally, totally accidentally, he just like, randomly stopped by. It was just this random thing, uh, completely unplanned. Wouldn't you know it? He's oh, we're drop off the uh, Starlink for him there. That's it, dude. You're, don't tell us that you got your freaking Starlink or whatever. You're gonna be so jealous. No, actually, <laughs> I, I so we're supposed to we're supposed to move here in the middle of July now because we we're all barring anything getting fucked up and i'm actually wondering if it's gonna arrive here before we move or not <laughs> so we'll see how it goes um i heard Chris, it's not uh, that bad bro 
I had a I had a question a question for Chris that I wanted to ask him on uh, last week, and uh, I wanted to ask him on here. So, have you? There's a lot of people that have talked about different um, IMO mediums uh, instead of rice. Um, uh, I know other people have suggested oats and some other stuff. Have you experimented, or do you have an opinion, or do you have a positives, negatives, pros, or cons on any you know rice versus other mediums for IMO uh, inoculations? Absolutely. Yeah, that's probably one of the leading questions I have too in um, doing some studies with the university system. Um, I have a, a friend at New York University that's a um, great scientist and is going to jump into DNA mapping. And one of the first questions I want to ask is, um, you know, what <clears throat> is the best mix to grow out the best diversity? Say you have the same inoculum. Um, for, you know, five different substrate mixes, what promotes the most diverse growth of microbial communities? Um, and so that question is ongoing, Steve, but the, um, what I have found in the last 13 years is that um, because we are focusing on the fungal growth in um, IMO production, um, I, I say often in natural farming, we can sneeze and have all the beneficial bacteria we need. I mean, it's really easy mm -hmm. in all the preps to have all our good yeasts and bacteria. Um, but the, um, the fungal production is quite um, nuanced and that's where, where that detail comes in. And so um, what we've done is, uh, what I've done is found that the, the, the high fat protein profiles of, um, of certain grains, um, oats, rice um, are really the key. Um, fungi love to break apart those um, complex amino acids and uh, take that energy from those fats, uh, those lipids, and then leave behind these new complex acid chains. So um, yeah, we continue to ask that question and uh, probably will for a long time until we do some great uh, data gathering. But um, oh, yeah. in, oh, sorry, one more, one more thing to kind of finish that answer. In IMO1, um, I have not found anything better than short grain white rice. There is, there is nothing that we can get, you know, there's still research to do, but um, short grain white rice, if you're gonna use oats, you can't have crimped oats because they're too intact. They're still viable seeds. What you really need is milled oats. So they need to be, you get somebody to send them through a miller for you um, because otherwise they microbes don't have access to those carbohydrates and those fats. They just get access to that outer sheath, which is more like a wood chip or a grass than it is a carbon uh, carbohydrate or a, a you know, fat protein. Yeah, um, I was going to say before, sorry, when I went to cut you off, my leg's bad, Boo, fucking leg, Comcast sucks. <laughs> um, uh, what was it? That's right, my microbiology got her, her teacher, um, microbiology teacher, she got her doctorate by keeping culture alive for 800 days, um, and she wrote her PhD on that. I don't know if that's any assistance, and I played around with um, cultures. I don't do the... Korean natural farming or anything like that, but I play around cultures and extend their life and like to muck around a little bit with that. That's all I want to add to that. Over. What did she extend it for 800 days on? It was uh, microbes, 
actually it was bacteria i don't know the actual um the species or the the genera the genre sorry um it was a firmicute so it was in that um that family the microbe was in that family but what was the substrate uh it would have just been in an agar solution i suppose. yeah yeah agar agar um, just works. to keep it actually oh sorry uh, agar, agar works for um, um, bacteria really well, um, but it doesn't work for fungi. It's not the right wow. substrate for growing fungi. Um, yeah. and, and so they haven't been able to culture fungi um, in labs um, as well using the same technology. But um, Correct, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it needs different... Um, need different things yeah sorry that was um, i just thought of when you're looking at zoom, it might be a section that you can tailor in and just throwing that to the mix and all of a sudden bang and um, tee off from that and that might set off a process you know that might get you some results cool speaking of results uh, going back to those iowa farmers right like those are kind of the definition of conservative farmers right like iowa is a fairly conservative place and culturally somewhat conservative i mean it's just everything's flat like how do i say this they don't advance I'm not trying to describe them in some stupid way. I'm just trying to say they, they don't jump on new technology. They don't jump on new farming techniques. They stay because, stuck in their oh, way. Oh, the neighbors said, like, that would be cool. And then they, they, they say, let's try that. That would be ruinous. If well, I, I got I to nod. I got to jump in there a little bit, Fumador. Oh. These guys mess with cutting edge tech. Like well, some of the stuff they're messing we with, this, we have like the wrong conception. Tell us about it. Oh, oh, yeah. So, so, and it's mechanical. It's, um, uh, so one, uh, so this, these, this regenerative farmer I'm working with, um, he does something called relay planting. And so what he does is he plants, um, I'm going to get the timing wrong, but he plants his rye and, um, as it's growing or at, um, he plants his, um, soybeans into it, into the same field where all this rye is going. And then what he does is he goes through and the rye gets, you know, three feet real quick and the soy is coming up and it's like two feet and it gets, um, and he, and they come through and they harvest all the rye kernels by running a harvester two feet off the ground and they get two crops off the same land at the same time. It's, it's bad. And then, and then all these nutrients are being cycled in the soil, um, diverse nutrients that help the soybeans because the rye is growing and that's that's some pretty advanced um you know and it's just crop rotation or or kind of um production schedule but um still i mean tricky stuff specific machinery for that high harvest um do that with auto flowers people will do that with auto flowers probably right <laughs> and there's That'd be funny. Are, are um, you doing that? Yeah. I gotta say, some of those farmers are working with some uh, really like high tech equipment too. Like, oh they don't, yeah, they don't sit there and not buy the newest no. stuff. Some of those no. fucking tractors are laser leveled and shit. It's insane. Wow. You wanna you wanna look up a tractor? We're actually probably gonna get them for our farm in Hawaii. Um, look up Monarch tractors. They're self driving, all electric. It's bonkers. Um, 
but no, my, so my, um, my client, um, has a cedar and so he's loading liquid IMO in his cedar and, uh, maintenance solution plus FAA in his cedar and two different tanks, one tank, um, as he plants his seed, it injects liquid IMO with the seed. Um, there's, yep. There's the Monarch tractor. They're bad. They're very, very cool. But as he plants his seed, he's injecting liquid IMO and then three inches to the left and two inches down, he's injecting his nitrogen so that this seed is going to grow without nitrogen for the first, you know, true leaves of its life. And um, yeah, that canopy that it's got there also drops down. It can go down to like flat. So the, the um, we can use it in the orchard. Um, but yeah, he's, he's injecting liquid IMO um, directly on the seed and then FAA two inches down and three inches over um, so that it's getting access to nitrogen in like a week or two weeks time or three weeks time. And that all happens in one pass uh, as he cruises through the, uh, you know, and he can, he can plant like 300 acres. I want to say he can plant like 80, like 300 acres a day um, doing it with that method. And, so I'll back uh, up on saying that the Iowa farmers are conservative uh, technologically. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll throw that in the garbage for the moment. <laughs> Why are his colleagues, this, this client of yours, or even just a hypothetical Iowa farmer who's apparently now hyper, hyper connected to technology. That's good to know, right? Like, how do I put it? Like, I don't know, culturally we have this conception like, ah, they're just, I don't know. I don't want to say chicken. Dumb farmers. They, they don't no, it's, it's quick, pretty... you know what I mean? So it's good yeah. to know that that's not the case. Why are his neighbors going to jump on that KNF bandwagon though? Like in other words, what is going to be different? You said it's going to be more money and better quality. Why is that going to be? I mean, it's going to be, they... like you said for anything, for any crop. Yeah they will jump on that bandwagon when they see him succeeding. And, and really, you know, um, our Aussie friend was talking about how they're doing all these wonderful things for the environment. And um, truthfully, the, the farmer of the U S has been pitched a, a bunch of organic pitches um, for, um, you know, Hey, save the environment. And, and really the pitch for farmers, and I'm super empathetic for um, agricultural communities all around, the pitch for farmers is, hey, for our philosophy of growing cleaner and saving the world, we want you to slowly bleed money till you go out of business. And that's a terrible pitch. And so in the US, sadly, or, or wonderfully, whatever it is, the driver in our massive ag is going to be, um, is does it make dollars and cents and and that's okay because the reality is a lot of these farmers are squeezed to the very max they can go anyway financially there's not a whole lot of margin um there and you know and they're they're still relying on a good rain for the spring and decent prices when harvest comes you know um it's it's uh it's tough being a farmer and um and so i'm you know i think it should make I think it should be profitable. And, and I think that that will initially drive it. And I think there'll be a great deal of care about the environmental impact too. But if they can't be sustainable, if they can't sustain their farm, 
um, because they're no longer financially sustainable, then it is not a sustainable practice. Sustainability isn't one dimensional. It isn't just ecological impact. Sustainability is can three generations of farmers um, make a living on that farm, you know, and, and I think I think that could be, you know, invited into, you know, maybe that's not like culturally normal in cannabis, but, you know, could you could you give your kids the option of taking over and also succeeding and in making income or farming with you and making income, you know, uh, at the same time. And, and um, because that's sustainable, that practice can persist generation after generation. Um, right now, the farmer's um, children aren't joining the farm because um, the parents aren't making money. They're, they're struggling and it's hard. Uh, and it is, it's really hard work. Um, so, um, yeah, dollars and cents. Um, it's not that I'm all about the money, but I'm just a realist in that this is what's going to be the, you know, catalyst to, yeah, saving the planet. Um, but it, it's going to come through profitable farmers too. And with the onset too of climate change, things aren't going to get any better for the environment. They're only going to get worse. So these big heavy rain events, these wind events, these big um, hurricane or hail events, they're, um, they're only going to get worse. And plus the volcanoes and smokes released, more fires. So um, these practices really need to be adhered to and sorted if um, there's going to be some sustainable sort of activity being brought to their farms. Over. Agree. On a, on, a, on another more technical Sorry, note, uh, on a similar note to the IMO question, have you experimented with different, uh, like non, um, uh, what do you want to call it? Non cow milk for labs or uh, like yeah, other, yeah. Uh, like I've heard people doing like vegan labs and stuff like that. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I, I, it's, it's kind of interested me, and in, I know I started experimenting with adding some some goat's milk to my labs, and noticed it seems to work much better for smell mitigation. Because we add it in the mm. backyard where the dog poops and stuff like that. You know, we'll we'll use it to help mitigate that stuff, and um, it seems to make a world of difference with the goat's milk compared to the dairy. Not that the, the regular dairy milk doesn't help with it, because it makes a huge difference, but it seems like the goat's milk seems to ha work a little bit even better. The Aussies think kangaroo milk helps. Um, it's a winner. Um, so, um, yeah, so vegan lactic acid bacteria is real um, and really doable. Um, there's um, a great video on YouTube called Lacto, I think, and a dude learned in the Philippines or, um, I'm not really sure where he was. I talked to him, great guy, um, just kind of traveling and learning. Um, but he made a video uh, making it out of rice and just burping the container. Um, it is a great way to make lactic acid bacteria. It's just rice and water. Um, um, Bean milk is amazing. So like garbanzo bean milk, um, um, finding uh, chick, you know, I, I think chickpeas were done uh, and I saw, but, but those bean milks will make a proper curd, like a full on cheese that, you know, could be turned into a really great vegan cheese product. Um, and some people have made it um, into cool vegan cheese products. Um, and um and it makes a good LAB. Um, all the versions of cow milk 
um, are um, viable, even powdered, rehydrated, um, even the stuff that uh, they do in Europe that doesn't need to be refrigerated, all of it works. Um, definitely goat milk, sheep milk, um, human milk, all, all of that is um, viable for LAB. Um, but yeah, I think in the, my opinion, um, the best, the, the most efficacy in vegan LABs are, um, are going to be found in the bean milks. Um, that's where you're going to get. So people try coconut milk. It's not as, um, viable. Um, there's a few other things, but yeah, the bean milk is pretty incredible. Real quick rabbit trail on milk, if I can, um, so years ago in the milk industry, it, the, um, there was this um, movement for, again, profitability, um, not necessarily evil, just, you know, trying to make things work a little better. But they found out that if they, you know, pitched or marketed 2% milk or 1% milk or skim milk, that they could get all these other products made and still sell the milk for the same price. And Sometimes it was even more in demand because people thought they were going to get less fat by not consuming fats, which really is the opposite because our body, when it has good fats, is actually less prone to retaining fats. Um, but what they did is they could create other products by um, pulling out some more of these milk fats. But what they also figured out is that once they pull out some of those milk fats, they can dehydrate 2%, 1% and skim milk to a, um, to a dehydrated, um, milk, they can rehydrate at any time. And it can be, you know, it can be five years old and you have a, a viable milk product that they can put right back on the shelf, 1% milk. And you'll never know, is that five-year-old dehydrated, rehydrated milk or fresh? Um, so I always buy whole milk. Sorry for the rabbit trail. About, about cat milk. Ew. Ew. <laughs> what if you're like a, you're basically you're like Pablo Escobar and you have like cheetahs and you have cheetah milk. You're like, can I make labs out of this? I think, I think somebody that makes cheetah LAB should get some kind of award. Like Guinness World Record could right? go visit them. Well, the best, the best, the richest one would be to get whale milk. If you really wanted to make, I mean, just chemically speaking, that really would make for the best one. But, you know, there's some legal issues around that. Sperm whale milk. Freaking Steve with the scuba gear on trying to milk the whales. <laughs> yeah, as long as we're not harvesting them, just milking them. Maybe if you ask them nicely, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious now how you would milk like a killer whale like in the ocean. Somebody, somebody call Mr. Nimbus. Maybe a narwhal. How about, what if like narwhal milk is like the most fruitful milk in the world for... The unicorn of all LABs? Something. It is. Yep. Uh, I mean, is, is that possible that there's some like... I was going to ask you about like indigenous microorganisms. I guess this kind of goes into that. Like, uh, how do I put it? Is there a, a place on this earth that has the wrong indigenous microbes? Or I guess conversely, like, is there a place that has better indigenous microbes in some way? So that, that takes us to um, a word that when I teach a class, I'll, I'll stop everybody, like get really serious and just pause and like 
get out your notebook. I'm going to tell you something important. And, um, and I'll, they'll get out their notebook and I'll write in block letters on the board diversity. Um, and just say like, I can say this 500 times so you get it, or you can take me serious and, and understand that this is the key in partnering with natural law to grow food. Um, and, and so, so to ask the question, is there some bad microbes or are the indigenous microbes? Well, you could find a spot where there was a narrow culture that wouldn't be the best to perpetuate on its own in your growing system. But in natural farming, generally what we want is we want nine IMO2s from three years, spring, summer, fall um, each year. So now you have, and, and from different places. Um, and so you want these inoculums to be diverse because when diversity is present, if you foster diversity in your growing system, nature strikes a balance and they strike a healthy balance. Um, the diseases aren't something we're dealing with in natural farming growing systems across all the industries. In grapes, wine grapes in Napa Valley, no more powdery mildew with liquid IMO treatments. Um, turf management in golf courses, extremely dependent on fungicides and um, uh, germicides because they're getting all kinds of fungal problems in these, you know, high salt grow, you know, um, grown in sand kind of grasses. And, um, and so what they found is that um, what we're seeing is that across industry, we're not dealing with um, diseases when we establish diversity or work with diversity. Um, before we forget, honestly, uh, Ozzy, hold up one second because we've, we've gotten the question a couple times. Uh, it is actually a decent question. Uh, how do I say this? The, um, well, the specific question, honestly, is bamboo shoots and I think IMO, mm -hmm. what was it, IMO 1 or whatever. But uh, I guess it goes into, you know, the wide world. Like you, you, you travel the world. Like can you use really anything endemic to an area basically to do these preparations? So, for example, if, if bamboo shoots are local to you, uh, we, I mean, bamboo shoots grow everywhere these days, but I mean, if you have bamboo shoots around, if you have some exotic root vegetable that grows near you, can you use those things in your uh, natural farming preparation? Yeah, so um, bamboo shoots, uh, making FPJ with bamboo shoots is an amazing thing. Um, you want to get them before they start exposing out of their sheath. Um, so before they get woody, you want the kind of succulent um, bamboo shoots. Um and, uh, but yeah, every place everywhere in the world has their own stuff that's wonderful resource for partnering with natural law and growing food or cannabis. Um, it's, it's really, this, this is cross-cultural. And if you're in the desert and you're worried about, are there going to be any IMOs? There's like no rainfall here. The IMOs that are there love the environment where there's no rainfall. They're the ones that have thrived there for thousands of years. They're the ones that when you establish a diverse community of them, they're going to mine that sand and, and function even in low water conditions. And when you give them a little bit of irrigation, they're going to go ballistic. Do they naturally, I realize I'm, I'm still talking over you, Ozzy. Do they naturally kind of sync up? Like when you bring in these... Um 
I don't know if you were if you were to well I guess I'm I'm asking the wrong question. I'm asking more of a question about commercial products. I realize now uh, a lot of people will introduce products that they get in the bottle, bacterial products or powder products, or whatever. They basically they kind of shake them on the soil. I don't know. Do they gel into the kind of the the? Do they just kind of jump into that mix and start to, to sing the same opera, or do they do something else? Like it seems like actually the the, the microbes that you would culture locally do the opposite. That they came from there. It's like freaking, I don't know, it's Bane from Batman. Like they were born in that or something. I don't know. Is there a difference in that sense? Absolutely, yeah. Um, microbes, bugs in a jug products, um, uh, I think um, I always speak positively of them and that they do help you cycle nutrients. You apply them, they work. Um, what will happen is they'll get outcompeted by indigenous microbes. Um, and so it's, I, I tell people, an approximately six month fall off and you need to apply that again to get that same result. Um, oops. And um, yeah, yeah, at great expense or you, you know, you ask me how to brew them out so you can make them yourself with their inoculum. Um, but what's the point if for this much cheaper, you can get the same quality product um, your own you know, from your indigenous space, once applied, it self-perpetuates because it doesn't get outcompeted. It wasn't grown in a lab in Okinawa. Um, it is from there. It's, you know, this is my home, you know, whatever. Yeah, like Bane. Um, and so, um, yeah, that self-perpetuation is another one of the strengths, another reason why we're pretty into this. Ozzy, go for it. Oh, can add on to that, that people want to try and bring in different things and grow outdoors and um, expect those microbes to function. It's like us putting, say, um, an African in the Arctic and saying function. It's going to be, he's going to struggle. And if he's got any type of weakness or any immune problem, he will not thrive at all and therefore get easily outcompeted by the original persons who were in that, which we're talking of microbes, um, were in that environment. So there's, there's no two ways. It's definitely be better off culturing your own stuff a hell of a lot. But you can also add some biofertilizers that are active and that are going to be useful, um, like the Acetobacter, um, that Azos, they're really good. Azosporilium and Azobacter. They're um, a couple of two. Here, I'll pull up this. Uh, here we go. I had this thing up here before I was going to show you. This is some biofertilizer types. I just got it from some of my notes that you can put. And these are all really good ones that are going to aid you. And if you get of these, there's your azos at the top. That's um, what um, Spartan always goes on. He always uses those ones. Acetobacter, that's a common one that's in um, your kombucha, that soul shine. Yeah, and some other ones here that are really cool. Zinc solubilizing if you've got zinc problems, but there's some real cool ones that you can add that's going to benefit you. And even if you get the ones that are from, like, make your own, that we always go on about our own um, compost and worm castings. If you use your own vegetables from the local area that you buy too, that they're um, the organics that you buy that haven't been treated, they're going to actually add and bring new micros into your system as well, into your substrate. Over. Uh, speaking of that, uh, let's see here. Chris might be taking a break here for a second. So we might give, give him a second. Uh, I'm good. I'm, say, I'm here with you. I'm just, uh, uh, I just have my screen off for a second. Oh, right on. No worries. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, honestly, this, that uh, is unsustainability justifiable, do you think? Like unsustainable growing 
you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take much to find like cannabis growers that are not too sustainable or even farmers or uh, anytime you get something hoity-toity fancy or even people a lot of times say that like uh, uh, meats can be unsustainable. Like in general, do you think that unsustainability is uh, sustainable in a sense or, or do you have to make a, how do I say this? Do you, is, it, is it a philosophical choice that you can kind of become unsustainable or is it something that really should go away, period? Ah, uh, that, that's a pretty good question, sir. Um, is it justifiable? I think um, uh, yeah, I have to think about that. That's that's deep, Fumador. I I'm, I would yeah. Let's uh, let's break that apart. Um, um so um. So what what we've kind of done um, that in in the U.S. with the meat industry is is probably the um, the epitome of unsustainable. Um, and at the same time, um, the U.S. consumer wants a ton of meat in their diet on average, um, and so it's kind of justified the anything goes, you know, meat. Um, and, and we've, it's, it's Frankenstein along the way um, with corn and, and all the things we feed these um, animals. Um, but I mean, you know, are you going to tell Americans to stop eating so much meat? And so that we can have more sustainable agriculture across the nation in general so we can move to more of a balanced uh you know veggie diet i don't I like know new, I, I like the new vegan patties vegetarian uh -huh. patty stuff you, you know what bill gates is doing don't you <laughs> he's he's gonna make smeat he's gonna make a gen genetically modified meat or a, a grow a meat alternative is that why he's buying up all the farmland yeah. He's like the one yeah. of the largest owners of farmland right now. He's gonna he's gonna them. replace the meat industry with uh, a fake one. Yeah, they they already have the fake lab grown chicken nuggets. Yeah, I only yeah. Meat that was but that's still grown. that's still chicken. That's still chicken. He's trying to do it that something that isn't basically animal. He's gonna appeal to all the meat eaters and the vegans it's and everything. I've tasted some of the um, the lab-grown meat, and it's amazing. I couldn't believe it actually tasted <laughs> like beef. It was a spin-out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we grow skin on giant panels and uh, on walls and, and labs. Like, you walk into skin labs, and the whole it's all like, think about your drying room, where you have all these hanging sheets of, uh, of cannabis. They have all these hanging sheets of human skin growing just all over the place. Where'd you get the Doctor Who episode where like the last human alive is basically just a sheet of skin? Yeah, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Well, I, honestly, I've been hogging the conversation. Wes Engine, do you have any questions or don't mean to put anyone on the spot, but uh, anybody has any questions, go for it, dudes. And do that. Yeah, man, I, I always got questions. Um, I, but basically, uh, I would like for you to maybe just for the beginners, the people that are, uh, 
considering getting their toes wet with it, where are a few places, where would you recommend that they start? Um, yeah, that's about, that's a good place. Truthfully, the, the best thing that I would say is come to an in-person class. I know it seems, you know, self-serving, but um, I do this because it succeeds. Uh, I do it, uh, the in-person classes, because I watch the most people of any teaching method go out, have success and come back and want to continue to participate in the community and the teaching because they killed it. They crushed it. Um, I just um, released a, in, uh, a full 30 plus hour um, online class with some literature um, that takes you through modularly through all of it. Um, I get to add to that. Um, as soon as I get back to Boise, I have a bunch of new footage that gets to go into that as well. Um, and that is an easy way. You have it for life. You can revisit it. I go into all the details and the nuance. Uh, um, and that's it. So this is another thing. Fumador said, uh, people don't even know he's a breeder. People don't even know I have a website. And so uh, the, the website's where the class is found. Uh, it's just chrisTrump.com. And uh, you can uh, check out uh, courses and um, there's, a, um, there's a complete online course and the Nutritive Cycle Simplified course is included in the online course. Um, and uh, yeah, so that you don't even need to buy the Nutritive Cycle Simplified course, just get the complete online one and it takes you through everything. Um, yeah, but otherwise, there's a ton of great videos. Um, there's, there's not just mine. There's um, other people making all kinds of videos. There's good Facebook pages to join. Um, I'm a part of a Facebook page, KNF and Jadam. Um, and uh, there's a good community there. It's pretty helpful and not a lot of, um, you know, uh, drama. Yeah, and then there's like 20, 22, 24 uh, um, free YouTube videos taking you through all this. Um, I just posted the first video I posted on YouTube in like five years, um, a couple days ago. Um, and yep. Uh, and uh, that's just a brief tour of our um, natural farming lab and um, in Hawaii. And um, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of resource available online. That's what it looks like when we spray out liquid IMO on our trees. Um, got a big old Venturi air sprayer that just fogs the trees. Um, and uh, yep, so I think it's educate yourself is kind of the answer. Um, take the time, dig in, and then don't be afraid to fail. I, I just really can't encourage that enough, you know. Um, this is like learning to play guitar or to bake. You know, there's a little bit of a learning curve and the failures, the failures teach us wonderfully and they're part of it. Everybody else that's done natural farming has failed plenty. Um, I've, I've probably failed more times than most people are gonna even do anything. So, um, and, and catastrophically too. What do you, do I, you uh, fail catastrophically? Oh, pick yourself up and keep going. Um, yeah, 
I, before I decided to get into really studying the microbial science, it was like in the first year I was doing it, I did a 14 tree trial and then I was going to do a five acre trial and I found out they had um, this machine producing IMO and HEVO. And uh, so I ordered 20 tons of IMO4 and I was going to apply it to five acres. I applied it to five acres. All my trees turned yellow overnight and they were highly productive trees. Uh, 30 year old trees, good planting. I'm like, damn, I just killed five acres of highly productive trees. <laughs> and I didn't, they recovered. Um, but that started all the questions. I realized if I'm going to do this, I need to fully understand it. And, and I just, I spent the next six years reading peer reviewed papers. Uh, I got to learn from Elaine Ingram, learn the microscope. Um, and, uh, what it was, um, I actually took Elaine's class in my podunk town in North Kohala, uh, on the big island of Hawaii, wonderful town, wonderful people. Um, but 40 minutes near a stoplight and Elaine comes into town, um, and teaches the microscope and I, I scoped this material I put on those five acres and it was all bacteria. And um, I, my trees turned yellow because I messed with their fungal to bacterial ratio in their root zone. Um, but when you mess up, yeah, you keep going. My first large pile of IMO3, uh, I made it in a low point, point. I turned it by hand for 10 days and then uh, it was just about finished. And uh, there was a rainstorm and the water flooded into it and filled it up like a swimming pool. That was my first scaling scaling up attempt at natural farming. So, yeah, you guys, you guys have it easy. With those words, I failed it. Oh, I, was, I was just thinking. I was saying. I was thinking. I need to get more in depth with like. I mean, outdoors. My outdoors, like, I don't really do much. Like I told you, I just kind of, I crush oyster shells and stuff, and it's just naturally, like, pretty good soil. But I would like to get it. I would like to do IMO collections around here where I'm from and like, and start like targeting, like, like the specific microbes in my areas and stuff. Like that's, you know, that's one of the things that intrigues me the most about this. We're doing a cannabis specific in-person training in Oklahoma in September. Uh, Steve's going to be there. Um, and that one will be a lot of fun. We'll get into um, uh, some longtime, lifetime cannabis farmers. Are, um, two of my friends are going to be jumping in and kind of breaking down the SOPs of natural farming and cannabis over the last five, six years. Um, and um, yeah, so good, another good opportunity. But really, just begin, dude. Aren't you don't you need anything. Up? Are you coming up to Washington, too? Yep. Up to Washington in August, but um, to answer your wanting to get your outdoor tuned up with IMOs, like you literally have two years shaved off your learning curve from what I had with just the free content available online. So don't complain. There's plenty available there. I had to I had to learn with uh, Kringlish and translation. If I really had to, I just I just message Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Steve is smart. The, uh, the other speaker, the so the he, Chris is speaking, and then uh, Wendy Kornberg. So if if Chris is the king of KNF, she'd be the queen of KNF in terms of research. She really Cannabis. does 
fuck ton of of research on KNF specifically around cannabis, and she spoke at the uh, the online um, aquaponic uh, cannabis conference last year, which was a uh, she had a wonderful hour long talk there on, on KNF if you want to learn a little bit more about her specifically, but she's a, a wonderful teacher. And then who's the other gentleman who's speaking there as well? Michael, uh, Michael. Drexler. Um, he is not big on social media, but he is an amazing grower up in Northern Washington. His business model is sell 30 pound bags. You know, he's not, he's not making a brand. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't want the effort of that, but he grows amazing fire. And um, it's just, it's just really good at it. And he's a great farmer, like the nuts and bolts and how to tweak your systems, the irrigation, all of it. He's, he's just really kind of a capable dude. He could show up and tune up most places, um, cannabis or otherwise, um, just on a, on a farming level. So be good, good person. He's also one of the funniest people I know. So there will be that entertainment. Yeah, and uh, I may or may not be supplying some some elevated beverages for for everyone as well if they so choose. If, uh, if yeah. they were elevated, how elevated would they be, Colton? Quite elevated. <laughs> nice. I can imagine. I've 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 sampled some of his uh, beverages. I can imagine they'll be uh, elevated. Uh, getting the question here that is. Um, I've thought about this a couple of times. Uh, so in this sense, how do I put this uh, simply? Uh, well, the question was, I don't understand from uh, Scrooge the Scarecrow, freaking funny name. Uh, I don't understand how a method we've been doing for a century is considered conventional when we've been farming naturally for over 10,000 years. And I was thinking to myself of, um, I think the question comes up fairly often and uh, I don't really know exactly how to answer it. I feel like I kind of know how to answer it, but what's the difference between natural farming in the frigging 12th century versus the 21st century versus let's say the second century BC? Uh, you might assume, oh, it's all natural farming. It's all the same, but I, I don't think it is. I think there's a lot of technological advancement, but what is there a difference? Go ahead. Um, you know, no, uh, not, not really. Um, not really a big difference from you know, three generations plus ago, agriculture. Um, um, it's not new. Natural farming isn't something new. It's something we've forgotten. Um, it's something we gave over to a better, better system where with chemical agriculture. Um, conventional is just a term that people use. Um, you know, it's just terms are, you know, rise and fall and American uh, speak and English speak. And, um, but no, I mean, really before, you know, World War I, father passed to son, you know, 300 years of tradition on how to take care of your soil. And so that's good for planting next year. And that's how farmers persisted. Um, and there's all these practices all over the world in different cultures um, that are really solid scientifically. Um, they tend to the microbial life, even though they didn't even know there were microbes necessarily. Um, but they, um, they did the things that worked year after year and they passed those on. And the things that didn't work, they didn't pass on. And so over time, farmers just got really good at partnering with natural law because they, you know, I, 
I talk about this all the time. So sorry for those that listen to me often, but farmers were the best scientists um, there were before, uh, you know, our current idiom or iteration of academia because science is the study of nature through observation and experimentation and farmers were observing like crazy because their lives depended on it, their livelihoods depended on it. And they would try new things or environmental changes would happen and something uh, experimental would occur and they would learn from nature. Um, and through those experiments, things that didn't work, they wouldn't pass on to their children. Things that did work, they did. So over time, all these traditional practices, Japan, um, Thailand, um, Iceland, you know, um, uh, Native, you know, uh, First Nation people, people, Native Americans, they all had these practices that partnered with natural law to grow food. And we just chucked them all out the window. We don't need grandpa's knowledge. Um, we got extension agents and um, fertilizer company, GMO seed and Roundup. It's pretty funny. Uh, grandpa's tools got put in the tool shed and nobody gave a shit about them for about 100 years. Now everyone's pulling them out and selling them for high dollars on eBay because now all the hipsters <laughs> want grandpa's freaking old tools, right? They want to work with it like handcraft and everything else. It's pretty funny how what is old is new again. Uh, Chris, what, what is the most beautiful garden you've ever seen in your life? You've probably been in a bunch of different farms or gardens. Like, has any, has any of, of them just completely wowed you? I'll speak about two. Uh, the first is actually in parachute here in Boulder, uh, in Colorado. And I'm not just doing this to give myself a bad, the, the most alive soil I've ever scoped with a microscope is the soil in their living beds um, indoors on concrete and it's bonkers it's it's like a it's like a circus and everybody's bouncing around and there's nematophagus fungi you know you know making nooses to capture nematodes and insert their hypha into them and lay their seeds and just the whole gambit is there um, it's actually really fun to look at i look at it every time i'm down there um, and the most pretty, you know, um, I think some of the rice farms in South Korea were just, um, pretty breathtaking. One thing, like they use all the mediums. So the highway's coming through and there's like a, there's like an off ramp and there's a little triangle of like usable, like of soil in between the highway and the off ramp. And it's fully planted in rice, <laughs> you know, like, so they're just beautiful efficiency. But I went to one rice farm in South Korea that was a, um, I didn't even know this existed, but it was like a um, specialty rice farm. And so they had purple stalks and all these kind of like, if you would, heirloom seed type rices. And um, it was all, it's all just um, really, really pretty. Um, and, um, yeah. And then it's probably just a few like home gardens where people are just, it's their hobby and they're like into it, you know, it's just beautiful. Uh, one of the dudes in the chat, actually, I'm not hundred percent sure. I think he's in the chat right now. Uh, I won't say exactly where he's from, but, uh, south of the border a little bit, uh, allegedly near, near Aussie somewhere. 
has this kind of covered canopy area that's like you know you could it's like a how do i put this it's like a terrarium almost you could walk in there there's cannabis plants and other plants and there's like a rock wall and oh my god it looks delightful i've only seen pictures of it but it just it looks like a fantasy oh it sounds amazing right? I, I think a, a a terrarium or a like a greenhouse that you can go into like if you live in a four season place where there's a winter there's snow outside and you can go in and pick bananas off your banana tree like i feel like that's like that's like amazing <laughs> quality of life you know i'm gonna go read a book in my tropical environment in the middle of winter i lived in the white horse for a bit up in the yukon and um 61 parallel it was north parallel it was so close to the arctic but anyway a friend um he made a really rad um all year round um greenhouse where he put all his electronics and shit into it and put the heaters and adjusted the fans and the fan speeds and all this sort of stuff cool stuff but it worked so it proves you know a bit of ingenuity and um yeah you'll get you can get the ticks in the right area over tell us about the uh the african growing Tell us about, uh, I mean, you, you, your eyes lit up basically, but you were like, well, I mean, you don't have to, you can change the subject if you want to. Maybe it's a, a subject you don't want to talk about, but if you would like to talk about it, uh, I'd love to hear about the, the, the African farming, the African growing. Yeah, so I blew off the largest, um, I blew off a meeting with the largest women empowerment poor farmer empowerment organization in africa to be on your show tonight they were we, i was I double booked very much thank you i was double booked at the uh, 8 p.m colorado time and um uh, i look forward to working with them though and i will have i'm, I'm not losing the opportunity because i didn't talk to them i talked to them last week but um yeah, um, it's it's actually really amazing um, to see the people that take that free knowledge, just what's available on the internet, and are doing um, kind of revolutionary work in their agricultural systems all over Africa. You know, um, I get contacted. People tell me what they're doing. Universities adopt it. Uh, natural farming, and um, and so it's it's. It's um, something that's that's happening. Uh, Master Cho went to Africa, um, uh, did a Gobi Desert project there. You can find information on it online. Um, but yeah, I probably will be down there in September um, working with a um, pilot program, a 2,500 acre uh, farm. That'll be a hundred farmers working with equipment. Um, and uh, and sorry, October, I can't go in September. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, I really think that for me, like that's where I'd rather be. I think a lot of my students are pretty capable teachers at this point and natural farming's spreading nicely in the US. I think I'll continue to work with large scale farmers um, as I have that expertise and background. Um, but um, I probably will shift to NGO work in, um, third world um, spaces where, um, yeah, it's going to affect, you know, not just the financials that'll make a move, but kind of that there is food where there um, is a struggle to have food. And um, our, um, our U.S. agricultural exports pretty evil. Um, we export agricultural slaves um, in our 
current thing we put out a bid um big big ag takes a bid and uh we go down we send trainers we get buddy buddy elbow bumps with their government and start paying them and uh we sell our we give our products our gmo seed our glyphosate our chemical fertilizer um, the whole system we teach them how to use it and for a few years they get pretty good results because they had living soil um, and then after they get going and their soils pretty well now um, not alive um, we say great we've we've provided you this wonderful service and all this education your government loves us now we will continue to sell you these resources at a reasonable rate and the reasonable rate is whatever we determine is the margin where we can squeeze as much out of farmers as possible. And so it's pretty, pretty evil. Um, it, it's something that um, I think is important to tackle. And I, you know, you, we asked, we were talking about traditional practices, what's different from natural farming and traditional practice. And I say there's, there is one difference that I think um, natural farming has something kind of special in that it's an elegant method or packaged method like it can be trans transferred to somebody pretty pretty um and and it and it works and it, and it has with the pesticide it has kind of the whole suite of what you need for farming and so yeah just being an elegant kind of tool for tending to the microbial life of the soil and partnering with natural law to grow food is i think um how it's how it's different you know it's Kind of works all over it's an interesting thought that you said about the food versus just kind of profits because on some level a lot of us home growers we, we grow for our personal reasons but then there are also question came up before the show like how many of your audience are commercial people versus home growers i, I actually didn't have an answer i'm going to have to start asking that by the way uh cheers folks whoever's listening in like if you guys are commercial or uh, uh home growers feel free to, to chime up in the chat uh i was going to say um that there is an element of that kind of trivial, you know, it's a dilettantishness or whatever. You're just basically feeding somebody's wallet on some level where you're, if you're doing consultation work for large scale farms or anything else, which is on some level, not a bad thing, maybe. But I was asking you like, is unsustainability sustainable, right? Uh, or how did I put it? Like, is unsustainability sustainable in the long term? In the same way, like, are you interested necessarily in your life? feeding a corporate model when you could be basically feeding human beings, I think is, is, is what it comes down to with you, right? Like if that's, you're not playing games with your, with your life or with your time, right? Yeah. And, and that's, I'm, I'm learning as a human, you know, what is, what works for me and, and what I care about. I, I found that um, for a time, I just lost joy for working in the online space and was doing it in person because, you know, we don't treat each other very well in the online space and, and there's drama that's unnecessary and and uh, and whatnot, and we we throw stones and you know put people on blast, and it's it's pretty ugly sometimes. But um, I did I I, I did um, kind of consult with some cannabis um, farms. Uh, I did one down in uh, 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 Mescalero Trading. Um, what are they called? Lost Coast um, and. Uh, they decided that because um, I contracted with them for everything, um, uh, built living soil beds for them one time. But that that's last time I went down, built living soil beds. 
it was uh, 10 days of intense labor. Like I basically carried wheelbarrows and ran a crew and, and, uh, and they, they decided they were going to come up because I hadn't dotted all my eyes with a fresh contract for this particular modular bit of work I was doing. And they just said, yeah, 15 grand. We're not going to pay you. Talk to our lawyer. It was, it was heavy. And I was like, mm, I don't know that I'm really interested in working with corporate cannabis, you know, um, after that. And so I've been pretty careful. I'm still open to it, but just recognizing like those, you know, they came from oil and gas and, and they didn't really have culture. Um, and um, so, yeah, I think. Uh, Anybody that knows anyone that's ever worked in business or owned a small business or anything else, there's always some clients, even some very big ones that will just say, well, I mean, make us pay. Make us pay. Yeah, that, that's, that's what they did. Make us pay. You know, here we have some some BS reasons we don't want to pay you, and uh, you can you can uh, take it. You know, and so it's it's that's been interesting, and and that's that's kind of the thing. Whereas I go, I did work um, right before COVID. I was actually there January 2020. I was in Myanmar, and I taught a hill tribe group of people that were coffee farmers, and um, what they did in a gear with the knowledge and the gratitude that they had, and and what it means for their community, like, that feels good. Like, you know, comparatively, compare those two kind of time, my effort, you know, still the same amount of effort on my part, but, you know, 100, 100 to 1,000 coffee farmers in northern Myanmar, the sweetest people you ever meet, having the ability to, you know, um, not have to face selling a child because they can't, you know, they didn't have their crop come in, like, that's that feels good and then yeah and then at the same time we do I do want medicine on the shelf for my kids the, the I want the food to be good when when they're my age that they they have options that are um, you know real food and and whatnot and, and cannabis is medicine and uh and so that's important there there are um some pretty big it can be um, both right we don't have to pick one we don't have to live like monks and no you know, only feed the yeah world. we can also have our weed too right yeah no and and that's that's where where i'm coming from um and and uh and have been you know i, I like and in general the cannabis community has been really supportive of me and and um and i'm really i'm really uh grateful for the people i know um yeah some of my best friends uh wendy wendy came was a student of mine and uh came back and and took teacher training and I was like, she's a smarty, like she's gonna, she's got this. And, and, uh, so for, yeah, for cannabis, you know, but then there's, you know, there's, there's, um, there's wonderful people in other industries that aren't just, they're not, um, in the online space as much, but amazing farmers discovering amazing things. And, uh, eventually that, uh, information is gonna, you know, be disseminated and, and that's really what natural farming kind of the goal is, is that it's open source, it's household information, can't be patented and uh, can never be locked up. You know, we're, we're subverting the dominant paradigm through something better. Yeah, something better. I mean, imagine like three, uh, you know, this is the Portland Cannabis Tasting Society's online component chronic table. Uh, imagine we're sampling three different weeds. We're sampling something from uh, one of your best, uh, from Wendy, maybe from her garden. 
Batman flew it to us, right? Like uh, speaking of Bane, he defeated uh, uh, Bane. Batman has flown us that amazing weed. He's flown us some weed from uh, Wendy, who's done it full on KNF, I presume. I, I assume that. Yeah. We've also gotten some from Potent. Again, Batman, he, he gets around. We've gotten some of his dual root zone aquaponic weed. And then wouldn't you know what? We also got some fruits the one from the full on from the, the guy himself, from the one himself. We've gotten uh, no pill, basically. We've gotten an uninterrupted vermicompost no pill. He pretty much pours water in there. What do you think is going to be the tastiest weed in that group? Or what's your yeah, favorite? I mean, tastiest, uh, you know, flavors are all subjective. You know, what's the tastiest meal? Where should we go to eat tonight, Fumador? You know, what do you feel like? You know, like, come on. Well, again, it I mean, a fair comparison because, so, like, one guy's got the one, the other guy's got some uh, other fucking uh, strain. Well, also, so though, what, I'm using a lot of the same KNF inputs that the that they're using, too. Well, we know so you're yeah. kind of, like, overlapping a lot of, a lot of stuff but, is overlapping, so... I think I think comparing it to like something from a dispensary that was grown with salts, for example, um, what that difference is, I think will inform what differences you might find in some of the nuances of growing in the regenerative. And um, what they've found is in this, you know, NPK or green and red, we're getting a pretty um, high. If you if you look at the kind of curve of potential biochemicals the plant can express and what actually expresses at what amounts. We're seeing a ton of THC and some of these kind of dominant biochemicals um, and, and very little of the other, you know, ones that that plant could express in, in quantity or percentages. Whereas when you have that living soil, um, we're, we're seeing those, those um, we're tasting those expressions, uh, those terpene expressions, and we're seeing those diverse biochemicals. I mean, Michael Drexler up in Washington um, has his um hash tested and he is proud to slap all those numbers on that label because he has this really amazing broad expression of biochemicals in his hash still with great thc and uh but um but they're calling it what the entourage effect of what that does and effect um on when you smoke it how you, what the high is and these, these combinations of biochemicals in their right balance or in their natural balance um, is giving a much uh, more complex effect than kind of that, that buzzy high of that high THC or, or couch slamming high. Um, you're getting these kind of um, these balancing biochemicals that, um, I don't, what, what do you call that, that, that broader psychological feel, Steve? Or for as far as cannabis goes, you mean? Yeah, yeah. The the high being being a little more dimensional, little little more multi-dimensional than one dimensional. What what would you how would you oh, put that into so, words? So you have well, so when you have living soil components, and we see this all the time when we've done side by sides um, with living soil and with um, uh, aeroponics and uh, general hydroponics and aquaponics. Um, the stuff that doesn't have the microbials doesn't have the terpene expression. You know, those terpenes, like we've talked about so many times, help stimulate that plant environmentally. And, and the plant produces terpenes to help 
uh, protect itself from environmental stimuli. It could be UV, temperature, insects, fungi. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, it's just some some type of environmental factor. So uh, they basically function like vaccines to activate the immune system of the plant, so it produces uh, additional um, you know secondary compounds that we call terpenes and flavonoids and uh, all the other wonderful compounds that. Uh, uh, help you know give us the the essential oil experience that we enjoy so much. So um, that that really is the um, you know the difference in expression. I mean we've seen as much as a three hundred percent increase in total terpenes going from a sterile to non sterile environment, um, uh, going from you know sterile hydroponics to aquaponics, uh, or, or even just a, a two part in, in a cocoa uh, to uh, aquaponics. We've seen just an enormous difference. And the same thing with living soil. Living soil will, will you know absolutely have those super high terpene levels as well for the same reason, right? It has a very biodiverse microbial um, uh, stimulus in the root system the same way. That's why living soil is, is you know, uh, when you get to scale, it makes a lot more sense than doing aquaponics when you're getting to, you know, four or more acres, you know, it gets kind of crazy to put that much greenhouses up and grow beds and all the rest, unless you're in an area where it just never gets bad weather-wise. Uh, now, if you're in an uh, area like that, then, you know, just set your beds up outside and let it rip, but most people aren't that lucky. That That so, is the exact... I can add to... Sorry. Um, uh, oh. Chris, go ahead first. That is Trump. the exact same dynamic we're experiencing in food. But food doesn't have the same level of testing. So food farmers are, um, we're, we're, so you guys have had the strawberry from Costco that's tasteless and the flavorful wild strawberry. That's just, that's just the plant having access to diverse micro minerals because of living soil. Um, but we, that'll be a slow process for us to understand that in food. And, and so, um, that's why I applaud and, and, and really recognize the kind of that strength in the cannabis community being able being such a test heavy, um, industry that we've been able to, yeah, prove a lot of this stuff out really, you know, all over and over and over again, because, you know, the tests keep happening, even if we're not doing scientific analysis. It's definitely one of the biggest benefits to uh, to the cannabis industry, and it's one of the things funny that gets funny when the last time the organic certification came up for um, uh, aquaponics, uh, they were starting to make arguments about oh well it causes um, pathogen uptake and all this other stuff, and I was like I went and we just called a couple of different aquaponic cannabis producers, asked them if they'd anonymously submit their their testing results, you know if we just you know in order to submit it for the, the, the thing. And we had a stack of about 400 tests that were clean for, for you know, over a thousand, you know, a thousand pounds worth of, of tissue that we're immediately able to, to give them and say, hey, look, here's a long track record that proves that that's not the case at all. And we can prove it. Can you guys prove that that's not the case for your soil grown? No, you can't. In fact, there's recalls on the news right now, right? Like, so, um, it, you know, those types of testing really have come in handy, especially for, for some of the more niche parts of production in order to help, you know, keep them protect, protected currently, aquaponics being one of them. Uh, while we wait for Ozzy to come back, I think he had an interesting question. Uh, Tara, would you like to say uh, good evening, good night, and goodbye, or do you have any final questions for, for Chris? Oh, I was just going to hop. Um, 
It was an awesome night. Chris, you're awesome. You like, you've been answering these questions and rattling away and it's been awesome. And I love Poten jumping in here too. That's always awesome to have all these guys on here and these panels are awesome. So um, yeah, I wasn't going to really like interrupt. Thanks everybody. Have an awesome night. I'm starving. So I don't want to sit here and eat on this show and I'll just jump off and be a chat. I cheated. I had some Vietnamese noodles before the, the, the show. Ooh, I need to eat too. Tara, and I, and so I gotta go. To make, I gotta go make sure my chickens are all in bed too. I gotta run out there. Thanks, Chris. Bye, Chris. Talk to you later. Probably, we should probably let Chris go pretty soon. Like, dude's probably exhausted from, I don't know how, he probably works with farmers. He probably woke up at like four o'clock in the morning. And I'd love to ask a couple more questions. Chris, obviously you can stay, like the, the show would have you like basically until tomorrow, like honestly, but uh, you know what I mean? We're not going to keep you the whole evening. I, I would like to ask you maybe, where do you see the, the, the future going with this? And I, I was going to say, I was going to ask uh, Potent this, but I guess I could ask you like, um, what don't we know? And of course we're not soothsayers or whatever. We're not fucking Nostra dumbass or whatever, but uh, uh, I prefer the translation Nostra dumbass. But anyway, like how do, do I say this? Do, uh, what don't we yeah. know that's gonna come in the future? Um, you know, so this, um, first, first what's gotta happen. Sorry, I had to plug in my phone. Um, uh, first what's gonna happen is, uh, adoption um of of these techniques um, um globally and commercially um the the products you know the race to create the products will happen um but what a lot of great hello hello we got that but it was a little bit choppy go ahead dk no, I was just saying we got that, but it was definitely a little bit choppy. And by a little bit, I mean, if you really struggled, we could make out what you right. said, but the last little bit kind of cut out. So sorry about that, Chris. Well, the, the oh, you're good. The how about now? Counts, honestly, uh, how do I put this? Uh, I don't know, guys, any final questions? Any last questions? Because uh, I don't know, Chris probably just wants to hop on. Like I say, welcome to hang. We're not we're not kicking you off, but uh, I imagine he's probably trying to leave. Uh, Soulshine, anybody? Final yeah, final I had a quick question uh so i you actually touched on it earlier and uh you've touched on it quite a few times in brief uh and i know that it's just kind of been a continual theme but i don't think a lot of people understand what you mean when you say that uh you're committing keeping this experts and not wanting it to be patented uh i know that that's been a concern with uh, a lot of different things. I'm actually working with a group to use copyleft to protect the genetics of cannabis. Uh, just the background there, copyleftcannabis.org. I can plug that for a second. But uh, yeah, if you can talk about from your side and, and the information that you're fostering and kind of the warden of, what uh, ideologically and, and applicably 
do you see as that decision maker like when you're looking at information and you're like okay we can't patent this we need to commit this to open source and then what does that actually mean you know uh what does that mean to people that maybe don't uh understand those terms in that application to the knowledge they're receiving i don't know if i, I may have rambled a little bit there but uh hopefully that makes sense on this show never no but can you guys hear me all right okay the um that's a good question man um the the reality is and this is kind of the negative side of agriculture is um i work with uh, one of the most played golf courses in san francisco or the most played golf course it's not the most expensive but um and they're now five years into only natural farming on their entire golf course um if 10 golf courses adopt natural farming on the California coast. There's a lot more than 10, but if 10 do, we're messing with over a million dollars of somebody's money. Uh, a good bit more. And so as that happens, um, there's going, when right now we're too small um, to really be seen as messing with somebody's money. Um, but as that happens, which it will, um, there will be a pushback and the pushback will be, Hey, it's not safe. You know, we need to make it illegal cause it's not safe. It'll be total BS, but that's one of the things they do. They, they create, they, they spend money to create a funky, um, study that shows something that they did that made, that was a risk, um, or they'll patent it and put it in a chest and lock the key and never open it again because it messes with their money. Um, or they'll just kill everybody that's a proponent of it and so that the knowledge dies. Um, but if it's common household knowledge, it can't be patented. Like you can't patent how to blow a bubble um, because everybody knows how to blow a bubble. You can't patent... Um, I don't know, but you can patent a lot of things. Um, for example, the sound that a Harley Davidson engine makes is a patented sound. You cannot copy it. You can't make yours sound just like theirs. They patent it. That means, so if this was patented, then um, if we wanted to charge $30,000 to learn about natural farming, you know, then that would be fine, legal, and nobody else would have the knowledge. And if you shared it on some open source platform, like a live YouTube, you'd be sued and the platform would be sued. And the, the, the ability to tamp down the spreading of it would exist. And right as it becomes and continues to be open source, the ability to um, stop it is um, lessened. And so it's not, it's not, you know, if, if I, you know, um, you know, if Hillary comes and um, threatens to kill myself, then, you know, uh, or I, you know, I go off the, the deep end and, oh, Chris really cracked up and, you know, jumped off a bridge, you know, you, you know, I probably got knocked off, but two, it's not stopping. It's not like natural farming stops with that. 
so there's a lot of a lot of aspects to it but the reality is there there is a real risk and a danger we are talking about um, some pretty um, dangerous powers um, powers in our country um, and internationally we're talking about um, crazy money really really crazy money yeah thank you for touching on that that can't be understated and thank you for putting yourself out there i know that that's a big role to take and we're all really grateful for that and for you putting that out there and taking the risk yourself and still putting the information out there and helping us all that plays in i, I realize I'm, I'm perpetually trying to like help you abscond for the evening but i'm like we're, we're this fucking great show like we're perpetually coming up with new questions just on the fly so we have this freaking thing where we basically talk about like it's kind of a half a joke where we talk about growing in space but you know like a couple of us are fans of you know watching this the show the expanse and so we're west engine is going to grow right now but basically I, I i wanted to say like is natural farming, is this kind of technology, you know, we've talked about kind of aquaculture, is natural farming scalable? Like, will they will they terraform Mars with this kind of stuff? Will they take uh, food technology to Mars and grow it with ferments and stuff? Will they grow it on space stations or orbiting freaking Jupiter or whatever else? Like, I realize it's kind of a goofy question, but it, it a little bit plays into the kind of, I don't know, that gigantic corporate interest. Like, will there be a better version of the future in the sense that you could have fermented soybean fertilizer or whatever while you're orbiting you know saturn or is it going to be all corporate you know salt jug whatever else from exxon corporate and it's going to be exxon corporate soybeans i don't know right like how's it going to go do you think how could it go i mean i know nothing about growing food in space um, I have zero. <laughs> I have zero. I, I'm taking I can, IMO I can, with I can, I can sci-fi out with you guys. I can, I, we, can, we can just imagine. I like, I mean, sci-fi fantasy is my genre if I'm going to read a book. But uh, yeah, I don't know. The, we have here in the notes that you're retired Space Force, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's talk about it, though. Yeah, that, that was the... the, the previous 60 years I lived in cryo-freeze traveling between uh, galaxies. Dude, uh, Steve, you were supposed to, you asked me to ask, I forgot, you know what, this is, we cannot, we cannot let you leave without asking this question. Uh, Steve wanted me to ask you about goat cheese labs and uh, Steve, I, you want to ask it? I, I kind of already asked those questions. I think, Did earlier. you ask him about that? Yeah. But no, not this one, I don't think. Yeah, I did. About, about other types of lactose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ask him about the goat cheese labs and farts. I didn't tell. I didn't tell. I th I don't know if I told I don't think him. You touched about on the that fart one. Part, yeah, so we did some labs uh, uh, that we made, and we put some goat cheese in it, just as like a lacto seed culture to like see what would happen. Because I'm always screwing around with all of my stuff constantly, because um, <laughs> I, I can't. I don't know. I get bored. Anyways, um, so was working on that and we gave some to uh, our dogs and our dogs farts are like completely stealth now. They are like non-existent. Uh, same thing with mine, according to my girlfriend. Uh, no farts. So uh, no they don't smell, farts. you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what. Yeah. Something about that. No, I mean, truthfully, a, a gut, a gut that's functioning well with microbially, like 
the poop isn't even all that gnarly. Um, you got to drink your liquid IMO. I, I, I drink it for years. You want to be, you want to have a healthy gut if you want to be a healthy person. Good LAB, good liquid IMO. It's important stuff. Can you, can you, put, can you put IMO so we could, too, like as like a, a spread, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, like PB and IMO. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or or IMO J, IMO yeah. and J yeah. sandwich. Um, absolutely, yeah, right along the Vegemite for those in uh, Aussie land. Um, so I guess with your research, Steve, we could we could like em- empirically say that natural farmers farts don't stink. Right? <laughs> yes, it's official. It's official. You heard it here for stink. the first time in the world. Natural farmers farts don't stink. Mic drop. I'm out, guys. It was a wonderful show. Thanks for having <laughs> Fantastic me. Fantastic show. Thank you very much for coming by. Soil steward, Chris Trump. Thank you very much for coming. Yeah, yeah. I um, you know, I it would it would be awesome if people jumped on the the um, website and came to a class or took an online class. Um, that's what I'm doing this year. And uh, I'd rather do it than consulting because all those students can be consultants. It would be it'll be great. Um, but yeah, come out and learn, tune up, level up, and uh, and it'll uh, pay you for years, I think. So thanks for having me, Fumador. Good, dude. Thanks for coming. Thanks for blowing off. See you guys. Your friends, tell them we apologize very much. We enjoyed your company very much, and uh, we wish them the best of luck. Hopefully they're understanding, yeah. Otherwise, I might have to, you know, hold a grudge. Fumador, man. Tell them that we'll send you a permission slip. We'll basically say, like, okay. you were excused. And, uh, yeah. You're, you weren't just that making works. up some excuse and now, like, at a party or something. Like, we were with us, man. We were oh, I, I emailed them with plenty of warning that it was okay. They, uh, I just, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, more to come on that while we're up to in Africa. It'll be fun. I'm, I'm excited about it. Cheers. See you guys. Thank you very much for hanging. Bye, everyone. Later, Chris. Thanks. Yeah, good talking with you guys. Just talking to you, man. Thanks, Chris. Hey, on that note, I'm going to jump too. I'll do one more dab, I suppose, and then I'm pretty well uh, nodding off already. I'm just, you know, the only reason I'm still into it is because it's just such an awesome show. Otherwise, I'd be out because I was up at like six this morning dealing with all sorts of God knows what. So dabs up, everyone. And uh, I don't think we poached one single question from the uh, EO show. So I think they're uh, they're in the clear. Dude, you don't want to you don't want to poach people's questions. That's rude. I realize it's fucking rude, man. Like asking somebody the same thing that someone else asked like a f- couple days ago. You're like, dude, were you not watching your friend's show? That's rude on a couple levels. You know, like it's rude to the guests. It's like not doing the research. Uh, Second of all, like, did you not watch your goddamn friend's show? Busted. You know what I mean? Sometimes, like, it's just them explaining, like, what they do, though, can be, you know, hard to avoid repeating stuff. For sure. That's why I said, like, tell us about yourself. No, I, I, I get that. I'm, I'm half joking. Welcome, Potent, by the way. Cheers for coming okay. on. Uh, how do I put it? What's your review of uh, Chris Trump? Uh, he's your friend, but we're just going to put you on the spot right now. Uh, <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs down. No, Chris is awesome. Uh, Chris has taught me a lot. I talk to him on a regular basis. We're always jamming on ideas. And like, 
hey, how, do you know anyone who's tried this? Or like, hey, this guy's like trying to do this weird thing I think you'd find interesting. Or like, if someone's doing aquaponics, like he'll be like, hey, this guy's doing aquaponics and was like trying to, you know, add his question about whatever. Or, hey, this is like a weird thing. Or like, I don't know, we just like always jamming on different ideas. Um, like the, the pest management IPM uh, our uh, IMO collection with the insect skeletons and and the insect frass and some of the other weird stuff you know we've kind of you know he, he was the one who came up with all that stuff and you know I was lucky enough to to experiment with it and try it out and then we used it last year really well here in Oklahoma aside from using it in, in Zim and it's something that I, I anytime I would do anything outdoor at scale now I think it's pretty much as required as IMO or or uh, liquid IMO or labs uh, in terms of just general maintenance because it really does make a huge difference and and it's not a pesticide it, it, it just prevents those those grasshoppers from really getting in and colonizing the area you know they tend to get picked off by the native microbe before they ever get a chance to really get established at all so you don't end up with any kind of damage because we were ending up with them they crawl up the stems and they'll eat the stems about halfway up the plant. They'll eat the, the, the bark off the Cambrian layer. And then the top of the plant just dies and flops over and then it gets like a mold vector and then it kills the rest of the plant um, is the issue we were having. So with that, once we started spraying with the, the grasshopper corpse IMO collection, uh, we were able to uh, pretty well knock their numbers down. I mean, you, you find them here and there, but you know, there was, you couldn't, you'd be hard pressed to find damage anymore after that. After about two weeks, it took to for all those microbes to really colonize everything and kill them all off. I've had a little bit of trouble when I tried the uh, collections with the uh, insect frass with them. What I found was uh, they were way likely to get hit by like little vermins or whatever getting in there and they just devoured all the rice, just like all of it gone. Like in four or five different locations, I put them out in the forest and inside inside my boxes, I wrapped in uh, like with a wire mesh and like closed up real good. Still little critters got in there and, and more so than ever before with tech frass in the uh, IMO. Hey, what? That, that, even though that didn't work for the result that you wanted, um, what about like that to me though, if I was say like, a like I, I watch a guy named The Wild North and he's got a really awesome YouTube channel. That was, sounds to me like an awesome trap bait, like a super high protein starch source. If they if they sought, sought that out enough to bend the wire to get to it and all that, man, that seems like a great hunting hunting bait. Man, they like, you wouldn't believe it. Like, I don't even know what got in there and did it. Like it was something tiny and uh, like, like literally it was four different locations and they cleaned out like every grain of rice like everything gone but yeah never seen anything like that before yeah no it, it's certainly you know and the other thing too is the like the uh just all the different new stuff that he's working with, with uh, trying to find some other plant sources with um, potassium, uh, you know, um, uh, WSK, and trying to find other plant sources because, you know, the original recipe is tobacco, but you wouldn't want to use tobacco because there's a lot of potentially vector diseases that you could transfer. Yeah, mosaic virus. Uh, well, mosaic virus, but there's um, tobacco streak virus, there's tobacco ring, ring spot virus. There's, there's, five or six that are at least potentially transferable um, that you wouldn't want to risk it. So 
uh, looking at something more like uh, like sunflowers or you know something else like that as a, a good or cucumber vines, squash vines, even though they can also transfer mosaic virus. Uh, if you cook them down in a fire uh, and roast those stems first, you know you can you know prevent that from happening because um, you are roasting those. But uh, it, it definitely can be uh, an an option uh, in place of that. But tobacco, you definitely don't because tobacco too just has lots of other stuff in it that you don't want. Even if you burn the stalks and stuff like that, it's still not good. So. For sure, at least not for cannabis. But I, so I've taken. I actually took Chris, Chris's online class. I was one of the beta testers for it and uh, gave him a bunch of feedback and stuff like that on, on on it. And I think it's a great class, especially if you're looking for uh, if you're unable to travel because of distance or you're unable to travel uh, for whatever reason. But I do agree with Chris, though, getting a chance to take a live class and smell and taste and feel the KNF inputs and seeing the difference between one that's right and slightly off and being able to have that multi-sensory experience really is, will make you a better farmer. Um, and and, and this, the way that they cover it with his class now, he, he has kind of three different classes that they filmed completely. So they edited that into the online class and he's, he's kind of doing what I'm doing with my online class as well, where they're constantly adding new content to it and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of more like a, an education library more than just an initial class. So, um, uh, you know, he's constantly adding stuff to his stuff as well. Uh, so, don't, you know, think of it more as, as, as that type of, of expense when you're looking at whether or not to get his class. Um, uh, and it's not so much just like a, hey, here's the uh, thing and now you're done. It's like, uh, here's this, this awesome, amazing growing library that's gonna, you know, continue to grow over time. So I think it's a really, really cool thing. And cer certainly one of the better classes that I've uh, uh, seen in an online format and um, really well shot. It's nice and clean video and it's, you, you can watch it uh, on your phone. It works on your TV. I've watched it on a couple of different devices while I was waiting for um, uh, different people to, uh, and you know, waiting on rain and waiting on stuff to finish in the lab and stuff like that. And, you know, just throwing it on and watching it bits and pieces. Uh, to get through it all and uh, it's been fun so definitely something to check out and then if you aren't familiar with this stuff and you just want to get into a dive check out his youtube channel chris chump uh, on youtube got a ton a ton of amazing workshop stuff on there as well uh for the you know labs and imo and imo2 and three and four and and all that stuff and how to make cheese i think he has on there from labs and and all kinds of cool stuff so definitely check that out Yeah, really cool, interesting thinker. Hopefully, I'm not muted right now. Oh yeah, and uh, I was going to say, very flexible thinker. That's one of the reasons I, I kind of enjoy talking to you and Coot and uh, you know a couple other people that come on here all the time. Like just flexible, not dogmatic about their systems. You know, you can kind of go all the way around, think about different new ways. You know. Yeah, and and um, and. And he's, he's really good at kind of explaining how it's kind of like a machine, right? So it's like this, this um, thing that you can put different inputs into. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, uh, as cut and dry as just what Master Cho teaches. You know, obviously you need to learn that to know how to do it right. So you understand the process. But from there, you can modify it. You can change inputs. You can use what you locally have available. You can use bioaccumulators to try and shift the nutrient balance, you know, in, in the different inputs. So 
um, you know, once you really get going in it, you can like we were there just when we were talking on the on the on my show on Thursday when we had Coot on with Chris and he was talking about using Coot's mix for the was it IMO three or IMO four I forget which uh, which input it was but uh, I believe it was I don't remember which because I'm tired but um, I thought that was a great idea so definitely uh, um, you know a, a wonderful resource and if you aren't familiar with it and you're already doing natural uh, organic production, even non-organic production, it's great. You know, a lot of these things like Chris is using IMO uh, treatments, liquid IMO treatments to treat a wide variety of different diseases, both fungal and viral um, uh, as treatments and having amazing success, including mosaic virus and tomatoes uh, after one treatment uh, and a couple of other really amazing things. So, you know, if you're having some kind of weird mystery issue with your cannabis, you know, a good liquid IMO collection, you know, is certainly one of the best things you can try as far as throwing darts at the board uh, to try and help fix that, especially when it comes to fungal issues. You know, we, we in fact, we're just now starting this week, I'm starting to see the very first posts uh, of septoria in Oklahoma. And it's because we've had so much fucking rain. And now all of a sudden we have heat and that rain, 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 heat is what makes that septoria just bloom like crazy and sporulate like crazy and it gets into the wind and gets into the updrafts and it just covers everything and if you don't have a good liquid imo and labs uh, rotation going in your field forget it you're you're completely effed you're, there's no way you're going to be able to keep it off of those plants if your soil isn't healthy already but if you if you treated those that that soil and that uh and before you even planted those plants and now you're doing that at least once a week or every other week with as a treatment to keep it off the plants you're not going to see it at all and we use that successfully now uh, two separate years in a row in oklahoma in order to treat um septoria and had amazing success there was only one farm that was so far along that we weren't able to save the majority of the plants. Uh, and, and honestly, they just called called me too late. You know, the, the plants were just way too far along in infection. But all the other ones we were able to reverse after pretty far, even, even you know, what I think most people would consider when it was already a lost cause. And I've shown pictures of the Subtoria uh, on here before. Um, I could pull it up again just so that people know what I'm talking about. But um, it's certainly um, something that... Uh, uh, I don't know any other product, certainly a product that you could go purchase off the store shelf that would that would do that. Right. So so I don't understand. You know, you have some people out there that are really against IMOs and labs and stuff like that. And and I think they just don't understand, um, you know, the real true value of some of these some of these inputs uh, in terms of being able to treat things that are otherwise considered to be, you know, untreatable. Yeah, Steve. Uh can you elaborate a little bit on the methodology used to treat the septoria? Because that's really stand out. Like anyone who has had trouble with septoria or alternaria, it's a nasty ass cousin. Uh, as, as I well know here, the swamp that I always talk about next door uh, knows it's nasty to deal with. So uh, it might be interesting for people to know the methodology if, if you're able to. Yeah, so um, what we did to treat this, and this these plants actually, this was not the worst of, this was probably the middle of the road as far as infection of this field. Um, but this was ultra common in 2019. And I think it's gonna be as common this year because the weather conditions were even more favorable for the outbreak in Oklahoma this year. 
Um, uh, anyone growing outdoors and anywhere in the South just got dumped on, you know, in, in that whole band from like Oklahoma, Tennessee, uh, Northern Georgia, Alabama, uh, Northern Louisiana, uh, Mississippi, Northern Mississippi, that whole band just got wrecked with rain this year. And you're going to see this. So what we did is we came in real heavy uh, with a lactobacillus treatment. And we, we just basically did that as a foliar and as a real good soil drench to, to knock it all back and to help treat it immediately uh, and feed on that um, uh, fungal infection and help prevent these from getting uh, secondarily infected. And then we came in, we trimmed off as much of the damaged material as we could. And then we did a nice, um, uh, we waited a day or two, and then we came in with a liquid IMO application. Uh, and we hit, we did an alternating um, of that and then a Bacti Blast, uh, which was basically just a, um, a Bacti Blast, which is a, a Bacillus uh, mix along with um, a Bacillus amphicoliensis and then recharge. Um, we brew it up in a big giant thing. This is a, a kind of a supplementary uh, way to help knock it back. Um, and then um, uh, did it uh, again with a liquid IMO. Uh, and that combo seems to work really well at knocking it back completely. Um, if it does come back again, you can hit it with the labs and the liquid IMO. Uh, and and I, I don't think you really need the Bacti Blast and the other stuff. I think you could get away without it if you had to. But, um, you know, that really has been, I've been able to treat it 100% of the time, except for when the plants are just so systemically far along where it's on, you know, every single leaf. But if it's even, it's, even if it's up half the plant, we've had complete success with reversing it and having it, those plants finish off flowering and having, you know, no no detectable, no, no detectable spots anywhere on the plant, you know, once it flowered off. So, you know, it can be treated. It's just a matter of um, catching it early and not letting it go too long. But if you look at this, especially if you didn't know that and you saw just a couple of these, let me find like real early infection, you would just think you'd go scream at your water guy and be like, yo, what the hell? Like, why are you spraying water on the plants? Like, what is your problem? You know what I mean? Because it doesn't look like. Okay, so this is a good picture. So this is just the very first. So this is one of the very early infections. So this is some thrip damage or, or leaf hopper damage, um, but ignore that. But you can see just these one or two spots, right? Now, if you just saw a couple of one or two little spots on your plants on the lower part of the plant like that, the first thing you're going to think of is either the dew magnified it and burned it or the guy watering the plants screwed up and got the plants wet. Yeah, so it looks so innocuous, absolutely. Yeah, but you you have to be hypervigilant for this in outdoor, especially if it's been really wet and then it's a wet, more waterlogged soil. That's the very first signs. If you see that, it's time to treat hard, like hit it hard. Um, if it's already, you know, to the, like the other pictures that I showed here, let me switch pictures here. You know, once it gets to something like this, you know, now, now we're in emergency mode. You better, you know, hit this within the next 72 to 96 hours or you're going to be in real big trouble um, once it gets to be this bad. You know, you're, you're really running out of time. Um, and you can see there's some leaf minor damage on there too. It's not 100% that, but um, most of this is, the, is that infection. So anyways, that, that's what we've had a lot of success with here in, in Oklahoma. And, um, and had a really, really, you know, honestly, not that hard of a time knocking it back. Again, as long as people know what they're looking, that's, again, that's this the hardest the part. Most people haven't seen that disease before. So uh, if you haven't seen that disease before, um, it absolutely can be a problem um, because it doesn't look like it's a serious issue right away, even though it is.
That's awesome. My go-to here when I see Septoria, like the little starts of it, is uh, liquid IMO and Bacillus subtilis. So pretty similar. And it, it anecdotally for me, I mean, time and time again here, number of rounds, it's worked great. Uh, another one that I noticed helps a lot is like a good silica source, like using horsetail, making the BD-508 biodynamic solution or uh, orthosilic acid, I believe is what's in uh, diatomaceous earth. I believe it's about 20% of diatomaceous earth and it's a hyper bioavailable form of silica. Uh, yeah, those help to prevent it in my experience, but you know, for treatment, I love the IMO. That's, that's awesome there. You're also seeing that. Oh yeah, yeah, no, in fact, I've used it now to treat, God, probably over 60 acres worth of farms total uh, over the last two years. And then I haven't treated any yet for it this year, but uh, right now I have some, I have a farm that's over, uh, just contacted me, I've been working with, that's got uh, quite the spider mite issue because they started off with clones that weren't great. Um, so we got to get that in the bud, but that's pretty easy. Uh, I've done that so many times now, it's not a big deal. Uh, and then um, I saw some lace bugs again for the first time this year uh, at that same grow. And it was like, man, that's really early to see them. Because last year, I don't think we saw them until August. So it was kind of strange to see them really early on. Uh, my understanding is they're a little bit more of a later season insect, is, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, uh, it's a shame Matthew's not here to, to answer that part, but um, uh, Xenthanol is the man on that stuff. He has a whole video on them, actually, if you want to learn more about them. A lot of people haven't seen them or haven't seen them at least attack cannabis before. Um, but uh, yeah, so definitely something else to keep an eye out for. I think you're going to see some 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 new insects in the next year or two that, you know, again, we just haven't quite documented heavily yet. I feel like that every year there's new ones, something new every year. <laughs> I got to, I got to back that. Xenthanol is definitely the go-to for bugs. Um, I fuck with him hard. He's very smart and he's very open with his knowledge. Um, I'm out of the garden, so let's take a dip. Cheers, one dollar a month Patreon. Cheers. Yeah, I jumped on his one dollar a month Patreon, and he does higher amounts as well. I'll probably upgrade pretty soon because it's been awesome. You know, the, the Discord it goes into even more detail than in the videos. So it's, if you're geeking on the videos, you can even go deeper. Uh, I I third that recommendation also. He's also on the Cheap Home Bro. Um, what is that? Saturday night, right before the Michigan Bro Show. With uh, Spartan and Jack Greenstock and all the other homies. Also, uh, we're going to be on that note too. We're going to be trying to push our sh my show back an hour. I think uh, not all the time, but a large percentage of the time to try and make it a little easier. A lot of people from uh, a lot of the viewers from Embracing Organics also like our show too. Uh, so. Um, and but uh, you know we've been doing Thursdays for five years, so uh, I don't think we're going to change days. But I think you know just pushing it back an hour uh, so that uh, there's less of an overlap is definitely going to help. Uh, I know that this week we're going to start at 7:30 Pacific. Um, uh, it so sucks because uh, the DGC started to post at eight now, so it kind of fucks everything up. Ah, that's all right. Theirs isn't live though. That's why I don't mind watching. There's a uh, yeah, uh, it's live. 
I always catch it. If I if I miss it, I always rewatch it. Fuck man. So my five by five is filled out. Uh, you're muted. <laughs> Not important of a thought anyway. Uh, tell us about the five by five. So what I just did down there is I took everything out that was finished, like flowering is in the drying tent. I didn't cut it yet. It's just going to get a day of darkness and dry in the pot for tonight. And then tomorrow when I wake up, I'm going to go down there and I'll end up chopping them and hanging them. But what I ended up doing tonight, I wasn't planning on it, but it had to get done. Um, I've been like stalling like bad on stuff. Um, so I trimmed up that back plant, my big one, my big, um, old school, which is a UK cheese crossed with an Afghani, the black domino cut. Um, I trimmed that thing up a lot cause it's just, it just keeps stretching and stretching. Like every night I go down there and I'm like, damn, you're getting bigger and bigger and bigger, man. This thing is not showing signs of slowing down. So I took everything else out. Then I had two of my papaya rum cakes from Dank Desert Seeds um, in veg. And they were literally like this far away from like the ceiling. And I'm like this far away with my LEDs from the roof of the um, tent and stuff. So I was really either the options are either go outside or into the flower tent. And I didn't really want to risk wrecking one of those like papayas putting it outside just by chance get something bad on it and not have to be able to harvest it so i just pulled them out and i uh, trimmed them up and i just put them in the flower tent so the five by five is like pretty much filled out now i realize that's too weird of a question to ask chat Never mind. That was going to be funny, but never mind. It's just too strange. Uh, in the meantime, what's everyone smoking on? What's everyone puffing on? I guess this is the bullshit portion of the show. This is the yeah, portion where, uh, I don't know, this is where we just like hang out. Fuck yeah. it. I'm like embarrassingly ripped off this lemon sour diesel. Near the end of the Chris Trump segment, I was like, oh, I'm too stoned to even be asking questions. But, you know, hey, testament awesome. to the KNF probiotic weed, you know. Tell us more about that because it's, it's rare to hear somebody just be like, dude, I fucking ripped off this shit. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid, but it's awesome. Um, so <laughs> I was like, no, this is the wrong selection for this show, actually. It's too good. Um, but nah, you know, full transparency. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, it's Lemon Sour Diesel and I really searched down this cut. I had grown stuff that was, you know, lemon sour diesel, but it didn't, you know, it wasn't all that that everyone had talked about. This one, when I've shared it with, uh, you know, more knowledgeable old schoolers, they're like, yeah, this seems like legit. And it reminds me of what back in high school, like I couldn't hide the smell of the lemon sour diesel. What I was told was lemon sour diesel. Like I'd put it in multiple containers in my backpack, like the whole fucking bus would smell. So that's been taking me back nostalgia wise. Um, so I just have been growing that out and kind of putting the extra effort into it, you know, babying it and uh, 
giving it extra, like, you know, a little extra spray when I'm doing the KNF inputs, not being a moron, but, you know, the occasional regular, like, uh, like Chris teaches the infrequent applications with precision. Um, but you know, a little bit extra to the lemon sour diesel. And I think it worked. I, um, so yeah, also this fish amino acids, like even going into the first little bit of flour, applying those, it, I think it's paying off. And then uh, also continuous water. That is pretty stellar. Um, that's one yeah, of the biggest bonuses for me. It's just making sure that it has a continual water reservoir with aeration with a subirrigated planter or a blue mat or something like that. So this one was in a subirrigated planter, probiotic, lactobacillus tends to stimulate all of the uh, metabolites. So yeah, I keep rambling about all the things I did that I think impacted why I'm this stunned, but uh, all in all, it worked out. It made sense to me, man. Apparently I'm stoned right on the same level. So I'm just like, right? Yes. I'm, I'm just like, yes, yes. That all makes sense. I probably couldn't repeat almost any of it too, except for like lemon sour diesel, but uh, perfect. I was right there with you. I was like, yeah, man. I saw I saw West Engine nodding. Like you were all there. With I like you. sour diesel. I'm not a piney terp person, but I am actually just pulled something down with those like the piney lemony scents, and I'm actually excited for it. Oh yeah, that, if I could get the real lemon diesel, sour diesel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine was a Lake Tahoe, Dude, which apparently, is apparently yeah. You gotta you gotta know the fucking right people. Do you remember hearing Chief Toka talk about it? And how like he's like, well, how hard it was to get. Yeah, but then there's like the, there's the cuts, and like you gotta know these people. You gotta know them like super super well, and they gotta know you like a little bit better even, and like a little bit better still. And then finally, they were like, all right, all right, maybe they probably like abused him like verbally. They're like, you don't deserve this cut. <laughs> they make him like swear on like. You must swear on your balls or something. Do they just do something crazy like? Yeah, I didn't have to tell swear. Like, there's a garden balls, that will come and cut good. your balls off if you do anything wrong with this. I'm I'm finally like I would love to get my hands on a real like sour D cut. I don't know about the lemon, but a sour diesel cut I'd be happy with. Right. Oh shit! Dude, I feel you. And the trick uh, with the lemon sour diesel, like if it smells like lemon pledge, that's not it. You know, like if the lemon is is like the main thing going on, that's not it. You know, it's it's got to be like balanced. Like that's uh, I in the past, I've had too many things that are either like straight gas, like a little lemon or like really lemon pledge with, you know, Jack Carrera terps and then a little like edge of diesel and i'm like somebody tried to recreate the lemon sour diesel just based off the name but uh yeah this one is you know it's got nuance it's even got these little like fruity skunk tones in it that uh yeah people talk about like breeding out the skunk terps from a lot of cannabis uh through the 80s and 90s and uh yeah a lot of the older cuts like when you can actually get something that is fairly authentic i think they still carry that uh kind of feel fumy skunkiness oh, yeah. background to it and it's like more I complex more like a whiskey or or something like that for sure it's definitely coming out in like the uh uk cheese the black dom like uk uk cheese cross with black domino like i was trimming it and i'm like wow this thing is like 
it's already starting to frost up. It's only, I think we're at week five. I'd have to go back and look at my notes and stuff. But I think we're going into week five or six, five, five. I'm pretty sure it's five and a half. But, like, it's starting to get a funky, like, nice. It had a rubber, like, a burnt rubber smell in all of veg. Like, the stem rub was, like, like noticeably burnt rubber, like, burnt tire. And then now it's, like, since it's switching into flour, that's kind of fading and kind of getting you know, more like a funkier rubber smell. It's, it's cool. I, I can't wait for it. The pine actually. Uh, your mom got the funky rubbers. <laughs> I got uh, the pine out of a weird cross. Um, <laughs> so I got um, it's Lake Tahoe from Best Coast Genetics. Um, seeds here now, thirty dollar. Like they do thirty dollar packs and stuff. It's a um, Tahoe OG crossed with like so one plant's Tahoe OG crossed with Blue Dream. And they took that plant and crossed it with a blueberry Afghani. And like, it's no, like every time, like I looked, like I smelled this plant, it like hit me. I'm like, this is like a pine tree kind of. And it, it, it oh, it's, it's good though. It smells like the old school piney weed we used to get. No bullshit. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that stuff's pretty rare. Like the pine is apparently a recessive trait. And so you got to like do two pine parents to get something that'll like truly carry the pine in like a lot of the phenos of the offspring. It's like, yeah, I, I hear that's why that's so much rarer now. But I remember that being a lot more common. I was going to say all the all the stuff I found in Zim up in the mountains the really nice sativas and zim on the border with zim and mozambique was all super 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 high in pinene like almost smelled like pine salt it was just so piney i got actually have some of those seeds allegedly so oh i just dude i really hate like i want to go i kind of want to move somewhere where my numbers are higher like it's we it's weird when you're actually thinking about moving just to grow more cannabis. Move to Canada. Why do you think everybody is living in Oklahoma? <laughs> it's true. I mean, I've been happy with twelve, but now I'm like I'm doing outdoor and I got indoor and I'm like right at the limit always, and like I'm cutting stuff down and I'm allegedly filling it right back up if you get what i'm saying like i always i'm always like a couple over because well not even i'm actually kind of right on because i cut things down and then it gives me room so i don't count my clones though <laughs> they're just sitting in my window cell if they want to if they want to count it they can they can count it but i don't really care there's clones in my window cell that i don't count Yeah, I hear I think they don't have roots, they don't count, depending on the state, you know? Maybe just the presumption of lack of roots. Maybe we just, we just say that you think they don't have roots. I don't know. Hashtag not advice. <laughs> <laughs> you should move to Canada. Financial advice, nor love advice, nor what, spiritual advice. When I say be with your own God, I'm not actually like 
it's uh, I don't know. That's not a prescription. What else? Yeah, legal advice. I already said that. What else? Uh, culinary advice. Well, we might give culinary advice. I have some white widow seeds that I still have to play with. Um, Stony Creek said they got a black dom white widow. I'm just thinking in my head. I was like, I have some white widow seeds I got to play with, allegedly. Again, those freaking, I'm going to say it, dude, those ge Dutch genetics, man. I need to. You said it before, I, I said it again. I'll, I'll stop beating that dead horse, but. I need to pop those fucking skunk house, dude. I want to get those done, but I have a lot of friends stuff now too. I gotta get. The, I want to. I want to run. No, I'm thinking of somebody else. Which one is skunk house? Oh, I, I have the skunk house triangle reunion, which is a triangle OG cross. No, triangle Kush cross with reunion OG. So yeah, triangle Kush cross with reunion OG. So. It's supposed to be funky. Stunk House, like in Michigan, supposedly, like Mitten Canico runs a lot of his stuff and it, it it's always gassed. Always gassed, they say. So I can't wait to see what I get. We uh we had another um uh guest sign up for the um uh, the aquaponic conference in the fall in November. Um, we have a, a commercial grower out of South Africa is going to be joining us. So uh, that'll be super awesome. We have a, a also oh, a grower, uh, the only commercial aquaponic cannabis grower in Bangladesh that has a legal license is also going to be speaking uh, as well. Uh, you know, so we're, we're getting a bunch of really cool far flung people talking about different, you know, challenges in different countries. Uh, as well, so it'd be super, super dope. Do they listen to the podcast? I wonder. Oh yeah, that in the Facebook group, man. When from the my Facebook group, within within two hours, as soon as I landed in Africa, I had a bag and a bag way better than the stuff the guy had at the airport. So, uh, you know, <laughs> the world ain't that big. But yeah, the uh, you'd be surprised, man, how many people listen to the these online stuff. Because think about it, if you're in an area and you don't have any resources, like you don't have books and stuff to read, maybe you know, maybe you even have a heart. Maybe you don't even know how to read English, but you can. You've watched movies, you've watched, listen to music, you know English, right? So you can listen to uh, the podcast or watch a YouTube video and really get a good understanding, or at least you know, information that you wouldn't otherwise have. You know, there's a guy in our Facebook group that sends me private messages on a regular basis in Jordan uh that that grows on his terrace you know and they're all just below this terrace so that he doesn't get found out because that's a big deal there and you know there's a bunch you know some other people that uh, i'm not even going to mention where they're at that have sent me emails that are uh you know in places that are even scarier than that to get caught with weed that have you know asked me questions about why their stuff isn't growing right and then you know we'd have to find out something from the drugstore that they can use to to supplement you know whatever it is that they needed so you know sometimes we get some pretty cool emails ones too through the groups but definitely uh definitely uh something and i'm sure fumi uh gets all kinds of cool people on his analytics too for this show uh from, from all kinds of interesting Ooh, yeah. places yeah finland and so on is new like uh, i don't know there's like maybe a dozen people that listen from there so it's fun to think like a dozen finnish people listen to the show right on I'm gonna have to learn how to say hello in Finnish and 
speak all these different languages. It'll take a long time to say hello in all the different. I don't know. Maybe every episode we could say hello in like three different languages. Right. You have to. You know, you do have like the different people involved in the heist say hello in like a different language. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Nice. <laughs> Uh, West Indian changing the subject like a squid, basically. I know, like ink. Uh, yeah, man. Out of the water. Uh, what are your? What's going on in the garden? You, you, dude, you have a freaking ridiculous like plant limit and everything else. Speaking of plant limit, so what's, uh, what's the most? Uh, I don't know. What's I'm not going to say what's the most exciting because then you're going to say, oh, it's not this thing by Fumi. Fuck you. I'm going to say. <laughs> but uh, what? Uh, what's what going on? Exciting you recently in the in the garden? There's not much going on. I'm uh, just coming to the cycle. Um, I got some Lime River rows in there that are coming down real soon. Uh, next couple of days here. Uh, so yeah, they, I didn't put much uh, love or effort into them. They're they're pretty rough looking little plants, but they're they're, they're actually pretty good. They're gonna be pretty good. They're gonna be pretty good. I'm gonna they're be, gonna be tasty. Like, yeah, they should be. Like, they uh, should be. He basically says like beat them about the head and shoulders before you harvest them, and then they'll be delightful. Feels yeah. wrong, man. It feels wrong to abuse plants like that. But um, other than that, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm gonna shut down clean and uh, and then start back up again. Uh, yeah. Just uh, I let mine yeah. eat itself. Like I try to like force it to eat itself. You know what I mean? When like we're almost at the end of flower, I don't feed. I just regular water, and it like starts like browning out. Like I always do that and I've gotten the best expressions. I feel like that way. So uh, I'm just looking at my analytics. India is the second most uh, viewers mm -hmm. after the United States, followed by Canada, nice. the UK, Australia, South Africa, Germany, Indonesia, Philippines, Trinidad and Tobago, Malaysia, Netherlands, Russia, France, New Zealand, uh, Ukraine, Mexico, Italy, um, Brazil, Jamaica. So that's crazy oh um when i get this harvest dried and stuff i'm gonna do a um a hot box from hell with like a ounce blunt or something <laughs> for my youtube channel just to have a clickbaity like video <laughs> see where we get it where i can get some analytics from Dude, I'm actually surprised. I don't think I have too many viewers from India, at least on the analytics. I, mean, I don't know, maybe there are, but uh, you know what? I'm not. I don't know about the YouTube. To be honest, I haven't checked that for a little bit. I, I was thinking about the the podcast. To be honest, so maybe the the freaking maybe I'm lying. Maybe it's something else. But the U.S. for sure is the biggest, followed by Canada, uh, Australia. I think is usually like third. You know what? For the podcast, uh, Bulgaria was third for a while. They dropped off slightly. I guess they'd so, podcast more. Um, keeper of the strains, how would one go about getting some of Humidor's packs? Hopefully that's actually coming soon. I've been kind of dragging my feet on that. By the way, speaking of like nobody on the goddamn show knows that I like breed freaking cannabis plants. Dude, I don't talk about it enough, honestly. Seriously, like I, I don't know why. Whatever, it's it's been in testing, so I guess that's maybe why it was. Like I was just basically saying like, hey, what if... Uh, what if the strains, the strains go uh, bad? What if they harm out? What if they turn into... Yeah, you didn't want to shoot yourself in like, the foot. Fucking, I don't know, like spindly trash, like 
I don't know. You lied to me. It it was okay, but like you lied to me. You told me that my seeds were going to be hard to germinate. You said uh, there was. You said there was going to be problems with the lime rose, and I got a full hundred percent germination. I was. I was like, okay. I thought these were bad seeds. He said, but okay. I only had problem with one of the four I put out. It popped and everything. It just didn't go anywhere. You know what I mean? Like. Just one of those ones that had no energy in it. And the rest are doing amazing. Um, actually, one of them died because uh, of Everyone's still the rain. Dead, dead seeds. I wonder what that is. is Me that, too. That is, is it uh, dead seeds? Maybe they just got, maybe they gamma radiated going across the, in the mail or something. Just that one? Yeah, it could be the one right on top. The, the, the post office was like, fuck you in particular. I think they're just trying to kill a certain type of pathogens and stuff, you know. I got a small Morgana plant going right now. It's like really tiny. Nice. Probably the only one other than Shimidor with a twin. <laughs> yeah. A couple people have them, but they haven't gotten back to me. Yeah, there's been a couple, but uh, nobody's gotten back because I was asking, like, oh, do you have any uh, different sex twins? Potent was basically saying, like, oh, I haven't had any. Uh, different sex twins i was like fuck i could swear that i had one but i had just cut down all the twins that i had before that so i was like oh fuck i can't i i, I can't swear to that and now i don't have any i got one going and she's or he she or he we don't know because they're regular seeds but it's doing really well it looks good it actually looks like it's going to be one of the females i actually pulled out the one that got rained on and beat to the ground like I told Fumi, I, I've been keeping updates with Fumi, and I was like, hey, dude, I put stuff out, and we had severe rain. One of them doesn't look like it's going to make it, but I'll leave it out there. But it's actually the one I pegged as a male. It's taller than everything else. It was trying to, like, it, it sprouted up, so I was like, this is going to be a male. Like, just that grower intuition, intuition or whatever. I left it go, but the other two look like females, and they they stayed squat. And we're about, they, they should be pre-flowering and like give me a couple of weeks and we'll know exactly what we have out there. I have, because that's going to help. If I do end up with a male, I can cut one down. I'm hoping the twin. So I was going to ask everyone, what would you consider the twin? Would it be one plant or two? It came from one seed. From a legal, you know what? A friend of mine, I don't even know if I should ever say this on the air. Whatever, Uncle Trip was telling me something one time when he popped by. You know how Uncle Trip he likes to stop by, have a little bourbon, whatever. He was telling me where Uncle Trip, where he lays his head down to sleep, uh, wherever that might be. Uh, the law technically said that whatever basically shares the same root zone counted as one plant. So this particular Uncle Trip, where he lived, he was like, you know, if it shares the root yeah. zone, you're good. Hmm. Uncle Trip yeah, drinks all my alcohol. Guys, but <laughs> he he likes to drink. He's a heavy heavy pourer. Yeah, he, he, heavy pourer man. He he'll drinks be like, all my get alcohol. This round where, mm-hmm. where he grabs the bottle and you're like, wait a second. Yeah. You know? yeah. What it is, man? I think if the clone counts as one plant, which I think it should, right? I mean, like, if the stem comes out of the same spot, if it does count as one plant that's a huge advantage like in terms of breeding you might want to hone in on breeding that and stabilizing it getting like an all twins line so that people maybe uh can have 
the equivalent of two plants for every one that is not. Mr. Mr. Green Jeans has a line that's like 80% right now. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's a shame. Uh, man, I wish this had come up when he was on the show because he could talk a lot on this topic. Dude, yeah, we didn't have him on the show again. He was only on the show for like an hour. It was probably one of the best shows. Like, we learned he was part of the original Wu Tang clan and whatever else. Oh, my goodness. Seriously. We're going to have to have him back. Actually, I'm going to see him here in the too. next. I'm going to see him sometime in the next month out in LA. So. Man, don't you hate when you're like, I just ran out of that auto flower I had. Like, things are drying and stuff. And you're like, what do I do? Thank God I have a cartridge. This will last me a day or two. That's why you always have to have a little bit of like uh, shitty old weed that you kind of forgot about. Like emergency supply weed. Yeah, I used to. Not ideal. Can't taste the crap, but at least. It's weed. Dude, so I used to be the person. Has anybody else here pressed, um, like, has any of you guys pressed, like, one-year-old uh, rosin? So taking, like, one-year-aged or, you know, eight-month or older age stuff? Yeah, so, get me, because I was talking to somebody on this topic today. Why is it that it's, and correct, it's, tell me if you had the same experience, it always comes out super glassy, like, much more like shatter with the older hashes, and does it come out as, uh, when you rosin it, it doesn't come out is that soft, buttery, Play-Doh-y kind of thing? It comes out a lot more like a more glassy. Is that just the the, the cuts that I have that are older, or is that just the uh, that just a trait with the older rosin? I think predominantly you're right, but every once in a while you'll get something that will still pour out creamy. Like I had this cut clusterfuckies, I called it. Uh, it was a Colorado cookies and cream that a friend of mine basically brought from Colorado. Um, he ended up bringing my my garden a bunch of ruin and whatever else, but whatever. It was a nice cut on its own. She could age really, really quite well. I still have one little tiny nug, basically. And if I were to squish that, I bet it would dump rosin, and that rosin would actually probably still be creamy. Uh, same thing with my platinum number five. There's something about some of those cuts that you could press them probably five years from now, and they seem to be okay. But most of the rosin, you're 100% right. It comes out like kind of glassy, runny. I think I think you were right one time when you said it was all the CBN conversion or somebody basically said, and that I think tends to make it uh, runny more than anything else. Yeah, that's I have, I've had the same experience. Um, sometimes the old stuff I press will come out amazing, but a lot of the time, it, if it gets too dry or any anything really fucks with it, it doesn't dump out like it used to. Um, I like pressing, I like freezing stuff. Um, that's like, if I know I'm going to end up pressing it, it it's going to get frozen quick, as fast as I possibly can. Then I've always done, I've always pressed fresh frozen stuff or or washed it. And then like, you know, I've, I've always washed my fucking hash fresh frozen, I should say. I do this stabby. I need to start pressing again. I don't know why. I just went through this like uh, a phase where I just I just want hash. Bro. A big thing. Like I smoke so many joints that I'm like I don't need to to, to dab. That I don't press because I'm not dabbing. And it's like oh. I just want some hash. I think I'm gonna do a run of water hash. 
Yeah, just the Habs. I just like having bubble rosin. I'll make a really lots of bubble and then throw it in there and then squish out a bag like once a month and then smoke on that until I burn through it and then make more. That that's my for for what I smoke at home. That that's what I prefer. Bugs is saying, uh, well, we're not going to read that because uh, read it for yourself. Yeah, let me grab. Hey, this cartridge, I hate smoking cartridges, but at least it's from like boom extract. It's not some shitty street cartridge. You know what I mean? It's like boom stuff. Boom's pretty legit around here now. He has like a glass shop and everything. So I've been fucking with uh, boom extracts recently. Speaking of glass shops, uh, this is probably a, a, a ways to take the story, but whatever. I saw, um, I don't follow too many of the crazy glass accounts anymore, uh, but I still Ew. follow apparently Stratosphere Glass. It was, just, it was like making me like drool and stuff. I was like, oh my God, it's like a $50,000 bar. Yeah, you always want to buy something. <laughs> I wasn't even like, I was just like, I've never, dude, that costs more than any car that I'm in. Yeah, and hey, then you I think about it, you're like, shit. shit. I'm like, I do. I'll, Watch me buy that and wreck that in five minutes. Just like that no. is what I was like, Chris Trump was talking about, you know, wrecking an IMO or whatever, an IMO pile or something. I was like, dude, one of those stratosphere like spinny thing, the spinny DNA and whatever. I'm like, the second time you dab it, it's already dirty. It'll get stuck. It'll get fucking crunked. You'll basically shake it loose and it breaks. And you basically feel like a $75,000 bong. Yeah. So, all right. I think the, those 75, 50,000, those bongs are either a collector and they really are a collector of art and like bong work and like whatever. Or I've heard recently that we're just going to allegedly say that glass artists and those big expensive bongs can be able to wash money real easily type of stuff. Um but i love those extravagant pieces like the art market uh, a lot of people the, the art market basically the, uh, there's uh, wide speculation right now that the most expensive painting ever sold was a forgery and basically it was uh, kind of a knowing forgery either but it was a good way to wash money back and forth in the like half billion dollar range that was champagne yeah if i had the money i would buy a nice bottle I mean, how do I put this? Like, people launder things that are, do they launder money at car washes? They don't have to launder freaking half billion dollar paintings. You know what I mean? Dude, I can give you an NFT now. I can give you an There was a lot of speculation with NFTs, and not only that, but cryptocurrency, a lot of that's basically money laundering. Pet stores, aquarium maintenance companies, any type of maintenance company, really. It's not smart to use crypto or NFTs, you know, just to toss out to anyone that doesn't understand the, the basic fundamentals of that system and maybe thinks that they're going to get away with it. Uh, it's all on a ledger and the ledger is a public ledger and that is like the basis of cryptocurrency. And so it's mainly just from making the ledger complicated that people get away with that sort of thing and then not being of huge interest, but like million or billion dollar laundering schemes tend to be fairly straightforward uh, for the feds to bust with uh, cryptocurrency. Yeah, so if you're, if you're yeah, gonna launder money, the 
We're going to launder money with digital currency. Do what the rest of the nerds do. Do an EVE online with EVE. <laughs> so if I had the money, there, I would definitely. There was the federally prosecuted case involving people that actually did do a EVE online <laughs> money laundering. But there's a lot of money laundering that goes on with, with video game stuff. I, you know, a lot. This is one of my favorite artists of all times. Um, he's worked at the Corning Museum, um, Salt Glass. He's done like a demo there and stuff. The one person that I don't think I'll ever be able to afford a bong from that I love is Mike Luna. Dude, he's 5,000, 10,000. We can look him up. It's all the dragons. He does a lot of the dragon stuff. Yeah, here we go. Yo, before you pull that up, I got to head out. Um, or as you pull that up. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to just be uh, falling asleep while I blabber. <laughs> Which is fun. Anyways. Soul Soulshine is going to be doing oh, a yeah. talk at the conference, too, on, on Copyleft. Yeah. Thanks so much, Steve. It's an honor. I'm excited to talk more about that and uh, jump into plant intellectual property and farmer freedom movements. So super excited about that. Yeah, and anyone who wants to follow along with the Copyleft Cultivars movement and the nonprofit that uh, we are in the process of working towards forming, they can jump on right here, copyleftcannabis.org or email copyleftcultivars at protonmail.com. And we'd love to have more collaborators. We're building this movement. And I think that it's something that, uh, in fact, quite a lot of people uh, are, I'm finding agreeing that there's the need for this. So uh, we are welcoming more collaborators and we'd love to have listeners and uh, people jump on board. So go to that website. And then also, if you're just curious, you can jump there as well. Uh, and you can also follow my Instagram at Soulshine Growing. Take care, everybody. And this has been a blast. It was awesome hanging out with Chris Trump and Fumi, Wessingen, Potent, D, Smash, Tara, who jumped off earlier. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting people. Uh, Pat, whose birthday it was. Happy birthday. And thanks, everybody. Much love. Right. Take care. Have a good, Have a good night, brother. Later, man. Peace. Later, Sunshine. Dude, I was a little bit, I, I was, I didn't think I was that stoned. I don't even remember what I smoked one time. Maybe the Kube, like the mom from Organa. I don't even know, but I was like, whoever the guy with the birthday was, I was saying in the chat, I was like, whoever the guy, I remembered his wife's name, and I was like, who's the guy's name? He was like, literally, he was still right in the chat right there. Oh, I, I realized it like 30 <laughs> seconds after I typed it, I was like, oh, right. Good thing weed is good, man. Hell yeah. And smoking it like out of a nice bong, I think is like, a, like, I hope I one day get the privilege to be able to smoke out of one of those beautiful bongs. You know what I mean? I think it's kind of like don't a smoke uh, better. They just smoke differently. It's just a different experience. It's actually kind of funny that there's this whole culture of like ultra high end glass, fancy, whatever, you know, like people don't normally eat on these incredibly fancy plates. That's just kind of culturally not done. It's like, Kind of surprising, but uh. yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, it's hard to like. 
knowing how much I've broken stuff, it's hard to see people paying like ten, twenty thousand dollars. I'll put it that way. I always think about how they clean those extremely fancy pieces. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way you would put salt and shake one of those the the stratosphere glasses with that shit in there. No fucking way. Or one of those dinosaur heads, the like iridescent dinosaur head that's like that big and it's an actual working bong. There's not like two guys good. shaking it back and forth with salt in it. <laughs> like a dry cleaning service. So so in L in LA, there is a dry there is a service that comes and cleans your bongs for you. I don't remember the name of the company, but there is a company that will come do it in LA. Is it, it proper there's one in colorado too i heard that scotty was talking about on the dtc or some bullshit it was like a high-end bong cleaning service yeah and not even like if we like it would kind of be cool if i could have someone like if i had a lot of glass or like i worked at dgc or i worked at the bakery you know what i mean could you imagine how much glass is sitting around it gets dirty and put aside and another piece starts getting used you know what i mean it just keeps collecting and collecting that shit gets tedious after like like i washed this a week ago perfectly clean and it's already resined up you know what i mean because I smoke a lot of bowls. I, I don't really roll a lot of joints. I smoke a lot yeah, of bowl I packs. More bowls than you, man. Shit, what the fuck? How many bowls do you smoke? Well, no, because smoke one more. Man. You definitely smoke way more joints than I ever. Like I, sm I barely smoke joints. I rather have a bowl pack. It's just how I am. I went through phases. So bizarre. Like uh, yeah, I, I go back and forth. That's what she said. Uh, yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I used to Cheers. smoke uh, bongs exclusively. Cheers, and, yeah. Uh, bowls. Cheers, but we actually got one. Holy crap. Uh, then bongs, then bowls. I already said that. Then uh, joints, then bongs again. Then bowls again, now that I think about it. It was just, like always something different for a while. Now it's just been joints for the longest time. Weird. I even cleaned a couple of my pipes the other day because they were a little bit dirty. I was like, I'm not going to smoke that. Then I cleaned them and I'm just looking at them. I'm like, yeah, next time. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm surprised that the show is so, uh, we're not going to call it slow, but it's, um, it's uh, almost as lonely as Whiskey Wednesdays, man. Right, shit? <laughs> Holy crap, did we, did we, speaking of farts, did we, fart, we're like, we're, we're fine, we got the, the IMO, whatever. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Tommy out there. On, uh, gotta, man, I gotta I do wolf. Hold on, hold on. What's that, There's a new one. Nice. Girl, this thing. She's a rambunctious little asshole. <laughs> my boy. Here's my boy. He's a lot bigger. He's about twice her size. He's he's huge. He's right. over 100 pounds now and still growing. But, anyways. I stopped eating edibles, uh, OG Brick, because I don't get high off of them. Like, I have to eat a lot, a lot. high but i don't get like um noob high i actually have to get like i have to, uh, yeah now that i think about it i have to have like a thousand milligrams to get like noob high again yeah i think dabbing i get higher hmm. you know i'll take a fat dab and i think that gets way more lit than 200 milligrams of edibles crank that but up some <laughs> 
I would love to do like a maybe we could do an edible challenge, but I would do like we should do a big one though, like a hundred, a thousand, two thousand or something. Dude, we did it on the the EO dude, show. Dude, I got like, what was it? Dan, a couple of us were just like me, yeah, whatever. Good for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, one hundred twenty-five milligrams. If it's done upright, we'll kick your ass. <laughs> You've said that before. Actually, you said that a couple three years ago when when we met at the DGC and. uh you proved it honestly because you had like you were first generation or whatever of your part but a powder and also not only that but i think you had um it wasn't a rosin it was um we had more dabs yeah Yeah. new type of extraction yeah we'll have a more to talk about that later in the year we're actually working on getting all that online right now Um, but that's not something we're talking about publicly but yes later in the year we'll have a an extremely amazing high-end uh, extract product available in Oklahoma, debuting in Oklahoma, and then we'll, we'll be uh, going out to other states pretty soon after that. True. So, yeah, I think I it's a little bit different. About... Go ahead, Spurs. I was just thinking, I think it's a little bit different because he does, like, the absalt or, like, the stuff that can absorb into bloodstreams, the powders and stuff. That's like 125 milligrams of that would probably rock me because it's getting right into your bloodstream. But when I have to eat it, I think it's a different story. Right, so I, I've got that perfected now in drinks, at least. <laughs> nice. Uh, aside from the sublingual. So, so, but you were talking about that. You were talking about the difference between the activation and that. Uh, so, the so that, better terms, your, your shit was better activated, bro. And uh, everyone was feeling it like. No, oh, yeah. instantaneously that was different but uh yeah so we do so do some stuff to make your cb1 receptor uptake it a little faster that i think a lot of other people haven't quite figured out how to do yet that we've been i've been doing for a long time but i think it's just it's just kind of a different weird direction uh compared to what other people are doing uh and that in that part of the market but the other thing is is that a lot of people are um use the wrong carrier oils and wrong types of infusions when they're trying to make something rapidly available they they do a great job of getting those uh, milligrams into the product but not you know in a way that's bound up in a way that's going to give it back to the the human that took it so that you end up you know passing through a large percentage of the milligrams instead of actually absorbing them um, whereas if you have it with the right type of carrier uh, you'll end up with a much much better experience along with some other tricks that i do uh, to make it punch you faster but um and don't i don't share all of those but uh uh, certainly at least with uh you know switching away from coconut oil and mct oil and and um you know getting away from a lot of the more common stuff has helped us kind of make our our own little uh space in the market and we don't really have any competition for the milligram and the price point right now uh, at all uh, in oklahoma I don't answer that. I guess I'm stoned. Dude, I, somehow I got really stoned tonight. Pretty stoned. I also didn't smoke a lot, though. When I was in the garden, I didn't smoke down there. I, that was like the first dab of my like, day. Dude, I can kind of feel it. I'm just like... Right on, man. I mean, that's... Smoke some of this. Yeah, man. I pulled a little bit of this off uh, the Lake Tahoe that's been hanging. <clears throat> just It's going on seven days right now, and I packed a little bowl with like just to try it it's that pine like the real piney one that it got me pretty fucking high i'm not gonna lie i can't wait till it's completely dry now anyone get anything for prime day 
That's a good question. No. I, I had a Jesus Christ. First of all, like, oh my God, out of academic curiosity, I was like, all right, what do they have here that might be interesting to me? And so I scrolled through like half a dozen things. And like, the one thing I could find that was on my list of things that I might buy was literally, okay, I guess I'm a curmudgeon. Fuck all, fuck all you guys. But I was like, all right, like a CF Express Type B card is like 40 bucks off. I was like, fucking yawn. And I just moved on. I closed it and moved on. <laughs> Like oh, I ordered, didn't get you either, eh? Right on. I ordered more of those humidity, uh, the Go Bluetooth ones that just go to my phone in their app. Just I, I ordered four or three of them. It's um a thermistor humidistat. What do you use it for? I hang him in the grow rooms. Oh, it tells me the humidity. Yeah, it tells you humidity and temperature, and you can, like, it comes to a my phone. Through, like, I can't look at it when I leave the house, but, like, I can check yeah, it so up here. Well, so you can so you can rig up. That's the one thing that, that is decent with the Amazon stuff. Marty actually did a whole breakdown on – he has a separate breakdown on his YouTube video, but he also did a, a whole talk, talk out on – I don't remember what episode it was, but I think it's called, like – marty's grow room tech guide or some bullshit on one of my episodes for the growing with vicious podcast you'll have to go back and look or ask marty what episode it is he knows but um i know he has a separate breakout video on his youtube channel on how to basically take the amazon weather station it's like 125 150 dollar weather station you put it in your grow room and then you can connect it to a whole bunch of smart plugs and you just assign them to whatever parameter so it has a humidistat and a temperature monitor and and all this other and you can you can even plug in a co2 external co2 wi-fi monitor so now you have everything for like basically 200 bucks uh the plugs are like 15 or 20 bucks each and then now you any, anything that you want to control based on temperature humidity you can control you know off of that so you can set you know uh turn a humidifier on if it gets too dry or turn a dehumidifier on if it gets too wet or you know turn the fans on if it gets too warm or you know set like these two fans on if it gets this temperature and these two fans if it gets even hotter or you know you can kind of do escalations if you want to in terms of responses and, and it gives you a, in terms of like easy cheap control uh and something that anyone can just buy off of amazon and slap together on a saturday afternoon it really is one of the simplest things that you can set up if you really want to have total control of a grow room uh, that's you know not someone trying to sell you something that's crazy overpriced for weed i'm not gonna lie i really do like the inkbird controllers for i have the humidity one temperature one i've never needed um really i've always been able to control my temperatures within a reason other than when I went in the basement and it started to get too cold but I fixed that real quick but like I used the one the gove there g-o-v-e-e -E. I can it does it tracks everything I can export the data to chart it um, I can go back and look at the chart and look back as far as I want and see if there's been anything crazy, it does warn me if it goes too high or too low. I mean, and it's pretty fucking cheap. Um, dude, they're like 13 or I think they were single single units or $9. You know what I mean? And it's just something good that like I have it on my phone. And if like my humidity somehow gets too high from my like my ink bird stop working or something at least I'll know, you know what I mean? And I won't just go down there that tomorrow and I'll, it'll be 
80 degrees or, or 80%. By the way, folks, uh, if you'd like to hop on, talk about Hoot Tank Clan, how it's nothing to fuck with. Uh, what else? Uh, if you'd like to uh, hear grow tips or fucking show off your garden, if you haven't asked anybody about that. I can, I'll switch to my phone. It's kind of late here. It's getting late here. My Yeah, I'm going to plug in my laptop. I'll switch to my phone and I'll show you that someone asked about the garden. I want to, we'll go down there and look, I guess. We could, we could cut it early. You know, a lot of times lately we've been going until midnight, but nothing keeping us until midnight tonight, but I don't know. Basically, the show is you guys, so uh, now that the guest is gone, we're just basically hanging, so if nobody comes on, we have nothing to talk about, we're going to cut it early. We'll do some shit in the garden, and Wes is going to go and talk to his fish. He's going to train him <laughs> yeah, no. elaborate circus stunts. They're not showing us now because it's like a secret thing. They know the code words, man. They know not to, not to do it until he... He's basically teaching them to probably rob an underwater bank. There's a there's like a bank that's underwater. So they protect the uncut diamonds in the bottom of the tank there. That's what it is. That's what yeah. it is. Dude, the Mr. Nimbus is, is gone. Big brains right here. Uh, so he's going to do that. Potent is going to go and uh, train his puppy dog. What else? Uh, <laughs> B will probably hunt for brains. So yeah, folks, if you don't hop on, like uh, we're going to go do other stuff. Smash, we'll go smash things. Like, smash cannabis, probably. I do. I need to make another press soon. Or buy a press soon. That's the thing that's coming up. If you were to make one, now I'm just intrigued by the idea of you making one from scratch. And now just for giggles, because what else we're going to talk about, you have to make everything from scratch. You cannot, like, even the plates, they're not, you don't buy it from yeah. China. Like, yeah, I believe you said place? scratch. Did you do it? Yep, the you said scratch. Place. Yeah, I think the plates would be yeah, the hardest thing, but they're not that hard if you really look at them. It's just kind of wiring a hot plate. You know, like, I like right. you see people do it in jail all the time. I'll put it that way. It's not that hard of a thing to figure out, you know? Right. So that would be the hardest part about it. Other than that, it's just building the frame. I would, I do want to learn welding. That's the thing on my list. I would love to learn to like weld, even if it's just TIG welding, just to be able to build a frame for my own dab press. You know what I mean? Or something cool. Like I could build a frame for uh, lights in my grow tent out of metal instead of wood and just tack weld it. And then you know it's going to be stronger and never rot. It just, just I kind of want to learn welding, but I feel like the hardest part would be getting everything wired up to get the plates heated right. I guess all you need is a thermocouple. So you would probably have to buy a couple things now. I think about it. Like if you wanted it to be like accurate, you'd have to buy like a thermocouple. But other than that, you could drill like the metal plates. You could you could build your own press in theory. I don't like just for giggles, like what I draw, I don't know. Yeah, like automotive hydraulics, maybe. Oh, yeah. I feel like Those... we're going to end up with a plate with uh, positive on one side, negative on the other. <laughs> and then would you holes, know, be like two holes drilled in in a short circuit. <laughs> How'd you make it? I struck it out of there. Uh, <laughs> dude, it's funny to think, because, like, honestly, like, rosin isn't that old. You know, like, pressed rosin. 
Bubble hash has been around for a while. Yes, it, well, about it, but rosin is basically charis, though. Like, tell me yeah. the difference between rosin and charis. Rosin is, is pressed with this press, and and charis is hand rubbed. Yeah, but they're both broken trichome heads that are pressed together. I'm gonna say rosin is probably Fresh. filtered a little more because it probably mostly comes through a bag. I mean, some people press not in a bag. Yeah, um, that was the old school hair dryer days or hair straightener days. Dude, if you pack a, a, a puck properly, like especially if you do it, you don't even have to actually uh, pack a Like if you put a nug in, like I just had a, a nug, like if you basically have a nice fat nug and you just put it in there, it normally won't pop apart. And if you press it gently, like it'll just, you know, you can, you can squish it basically on the paper. Oh, yeah. Um, have you ever done the history? My favorite presses have been like that. You know what I mean? You, you leave a little bit of junk in the banger. So, so for commercial oh, yeah. purposes, it's trash. That's the dirty. For the grower, it's fucking wonderful. That's the dirty, dirty. When you're just doing flour with no bag or nothing. <laughs> Going in raw, man. Going in raw on the bag. Um, on the bud. Yo, you can't tell me I'm the only one to use a hair straightener. No. Oh, no, I use it. I didn't use okay. it super successfully, I'll be honest. Me either. Yeah. I wasn't going to lie. I, I, mean, I got a little bit, I was but it wasn't. Yeah, wasn't impressed until I got I sorry yeah until I ended up with a real press I went in with people and we all got a press and we end up fighting and paying off people but yeah I never got it like good and I'm like I see people making it and I'm like how are they doing this most of the time I would break the, I would break the hair straightener. <laughs> um, uh, I cracked mine but it didn't break completely. Like, uh, yeah, the thing cracked. Uh, you gotta have a strain that dumps, I think. Maybe it's Maybelline. No, that's the one. Um, I think that's what it is. Nice hair straighteners, but yeah, but I think if you're trying to do do that now, like, uh, I mean, I guess this is this is the question because you don't have one right now. So, would you make like a nice hair straightener? Like if someone told you there's a design, because I think there is extra design, so let's just go with it. There, there is one. There's a design you can totally make good rosin with a hair straightener. If it's true, would you do that or would you still go for like a full-size press? No, I'd go with a full-size press. But this is what I would buy. Um, I got to remember. All right, here. This is what I would buy if... Like I was doing something like that, the juice box object. I would buy the uh, what is it called the um, the helix from uh, what's this book? Uh, you know, I don't even want to think of their name because they're so fancy. They make the Pikes Peak. Why can't I think they're goddamn name? I've literally pure pressure. Like, uh, mm. huh? Pure pressure. Pure I pressure. Bought pure pressure legs, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's potent. You probably have five of them. Fuck off. No, I have one. I have one, but I was one of their first ten customers. Were you really? Yeah, honest to God, I was seven or eight. No shit. Uh, what do you like about their? Um, what do you like about rosin? Because you you do basically everything. Yeah, what's your? Why does rosin? Uh, rosin to me just has the best. Well, I really like. There's one other type of extract which will be showing off later this year, which I'll talk about then, but. Uh, rosin to me just has the best full-bodied flavor the other thing too is if i'm evaluating a strain 
and I'm trying to pick like, especially with something I'm thinking about entering into like a cup or into like some other competition, I like to take an eight bag set and splice that trichome head size into all those different ones, rosin pressed all of them, and then taste the different individual flavor slices of that strain. Uh, and then when I have it down to two or three phenos or two or three strains that I'm gonna pick, being able to rip that whole strain apart and taste all those different flavor profiles and get that, that difference in the different uh, you know, flavors and the different clan head uh, maturities and all that stuff uh, really helps me one if I'm a, a commercial producer hone in on the optimal harvest times for my strains if I'm trying to figure out exactly how many days of flower to get the optimal um, you know product or for competitions um, you know hey I can taste all the different segments of the flavor profile of that entry uh, if I'm going to submit it and, and, and really know that versus my other ones to pick the best one um, that's really what it comes down to, to me is I don't know any other way that allows me to have that type of, you know, uh, ability to splice the flavor profile apart like that of the, the can of that cultivar in the same way you can with rosin. By the way, I'm not crazy here. I'm just testing my microphone. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I just don't, I'm not, I, I don't know. It's not the biggest fan of rosin. I'm not. It's too expensive. Um, it's one of the biggest things. I don't like the price on it here. It's way too expensive. And I've liked BHO or Wax or Batter, um, Crumble. Like, I've always been attracted to those styles. And when I've smoked <clears throat> rosin, I like, I don't know. Sometimes I, it, I can taste like it plant matter so if like i smoke rosin out of my banger and it's easy to char my banger i sure. don't like it if it's dirty and it wasn't made right for sure absolutely yeah you can totally yeah. have a good experience if it's low quality 100 percent. as long as it's been washed, and that's really what it comes down to is did they wash their trichome heads or not before they pressed it and made sure that those were really clean or not and then just how waxy was that strain versus other ones you know uh, certain factors as well you know if that plant was much much drier it's going to be a waxier plant than if it was a little bit wetter uh, so that you know uh, you know over the course of the full flowering times obviously I mean generalized here but um, you know a wetter plant is going to have less wax in that resin production than a drier plant is that's um, just part of you know it doesn't have to create those waxes to hold that moisture in right um, it, it can afford to lose a little bit so those are just some other minor factors to think about too Okay. Yeah. Well, I think I would probably be doing like hash rosin if I do anything. I'm not going to do flower rosin. I, I'd rather do hash rosin. I've had a more ex better experience with hash rosin, like taste wise, than flower rosin, um, for sure. I definitely like. I don't know, this BHO is really good. Um, great pie. Smells good. Look fruity. This isn't bad either from Boom. King Louie. Um, Dissolate. Not bad. 
barely has any taste. It's dissolute. You know what I mean? Well, but I can't hurt for a while. King Louis. Yeah, King Louis. I don't mind that. I wish I could get thirteenth or something, right? Last right. Real popular brass knuckles were there for a while. Brass knuckles. Oh my god. Nice. What are your favorite profiles now? Like you were talking about uh, earlier, you were interested in getting some more gas, whatever. Like uh, lately, it's been kind of cakey stuff, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, look, like the Terp Town I have is a real cake, cakier strain. Um, I ran that for a little while. I have a couple more seeds I think I'm going to run. I actually used it to cross into my old, like, because I've been growing the chem 91 calio forever um that's some of the first seeds that was like given from an old head <laughs> um and then i ended up buying like i think the first not first official pack like i bought seeds before that but first pack i bought off like an online seed bank i was looking for something like cakey or um real fruity because i'd never really had anything like that you know I've always had diesels or, or OGs um, around. I've never, or hazes, like that's like all the stuff we had around. So I've all, I've been intrigued by everyone like getting into like the cakes and the fruits and stuff. Like that's something I like, but I'm never going to lose my love for OGs and skunks and fucking my, like, dude, if, I wish I could like let you smell. I wish we had smell a vision because that, old school is stinky it's not i i don't think it's going to be the like cakey smelling strain you know it's fucking cakey smelling cheese. strain yeah it's uk <laughs> cheese crossed with black domino it's not wedding cake what is a cakey smelling strain <laughs> what a cakey oh i'm sorry i thought you said kinky it was like it no cakey laughing. That is more logical. Yeah, kinky. I asked you about that. <laughs> like, why is it kinky? <laughs> you know, like skunk and this and like, okay, what the fuck? I don't know. It's like, I like the cakes though. Like for sure, like the Hi, cream. Everybody. What's up, bugs? What's up, dude? Welcome. Today, I thought I'd pop in and have a smoke with you. Here's in. Welcome. What are you and all of your evil deeds smoking this evening? <laughs> I am smoking purple Pennywise out of my garden. PBD yeah. cut, right? When I write, read <laughs> when I read about it on the internet, it says it's uh, one to one at fifteen percent. Interesting. It's nice. a high CBD. You know, and I I buy it from the dispensary as well, and I use it for back pain. Interesting. Yeah. I think I'm gonna. Is it effective? It's yeah, it is in the evenings, especially. Does the CBD? I kind of. I'm just gonna was asking. I was gonna say, does the CBD affect the high of the anything else, like uh, the THC? Um, if you smoke it flower, you know. You might get a little less high, but you get a little more of the body high. I think. 
nice. Uh, so yeah, I think the CBD helps me with a nice body. I like it once in a while, but like I love a good Harley Quinn. Um, yeah. ACDC is a decent one. CBD Renee is a good one. I just had you access to great gardener on the fucking show one of these days. I God damn it. Go ahead, Tell Bugsy. Me. Dude, we got this fucking lag that's just driving me nuts. The whole goddamn show we've had lag. Bugsy, go for it. We're not trying to talk over you. Go for it, dude. I, I don't know. I forgot what I was saying. It was something to do with weed. Oh. Uh, uh, weed or those birds that you had behind you. Um, what else? Oh, the bird. The that bird is joint over holder. there. Dude, that's walking. the shit. You and D come on here with the joint holders. It cracks me up every time. Love it. <laughs> Dude, the no, rug really held the room together, man. Bird, bird, bird. Heck yeah. Hell yeah. Alligator clip, roach clip. Hell yeah. Right? What else is I used to have one. Hey, man. Wait. Wait, yeah. no, no uh, way. Those are big. Yeah, one, two. Nice. Is it from my dad? Okay, that's a good one, man. My bird is going off even covered up. Um, I, you, you don't like me talking to other people. I don't care. My... My biggest plant is about five foot tall now. So, am I roboting? A little bit. I think a lot of us have been roboting tonight. It's been one of those internet nights. Yeah, like I don't know. There's a storm or something, maybe. Dude, maybe it's the heat. I fucking don't know. Well, yeah, we're cooled off. We were only 104 today. Oh my goodness. How are you? Last that? week we hit 119. Jesus Christ! Nice. <laughs> lots, lots of water. My my grow is outside. Lots of water. Damn, it's it's fifty five right now, where I'm at. It's nuts. Wow. Um, but we've had a couple way, nights. Says it sounds and... better, right on. Um, yeah, you you sound way better. Is it better, right on? Uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, I don't know what I was going to say. That's honestly crazy, though. Like, how do people fucking live in that place? Honestly, I don't, I'm not going to insult your home because it's probably delightful, but geez, large, large, large central air units. And then what happens if our central down? air Basically, units, you're out of luck. Our central oh. air units on our houses are like the ones on the big uh, grocery stores where you live. Yeah, they, they run great constantly. Pig. Yeah. They're mole people. <laughs> yeah, well, we there's one reason we don't observe daylight savings time. Because we'd rather go out at night after the sun has gone. Come on, man. You're, you've gone to bed. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, uh, we like to be out after dark here. The light nightlife is truly at night here. Is it really? It's not. It's not evening life. It's night life. They wait until the sun's good and down, and the misters have been going on the streets and shit like that. And you know, you have to let stuff cool off first here. I when the when the I first get shade in my garden, 
I can't walk out there barefoot, even in the shade. I have to put shoes on to walk the dirt, because the dirt will scald my feet. Yikes. It's Florida's hot, but hot, not yeah. that hot. Right? Like, can you have a, I mean, I guess you have grass, like, dude, I don't even know. Like, can you have cover crops? We spend lots of, of we spend lots of money on our grass yard. Um, certain crops and they irrigate heavily on other crops. Like, um, there's a lot of cotton grown here. Uh, up in the, up in the Northwest or the northeast corner of the state, we've had a big bust out in hemp growth. The Navajo Nation now has license to grow hemp on their res. So that's a that's a good step forward, I think. No, as far sure. as industri industry, sustainable industry goes. But yeah. What do you think about that, uh, Bugsy? Like I asked uh, Chris, I guess I threw him off guard. Is uh, unsustainability sustainable? Um, can we keep going with like the central air conditioning? Can we keep going with like the city of Las Vegas? Uh, can we keep going not, with? Like, I don't think so. Not burning coal. Not burning coal to run it. I think Las Vegas and Phoenix need to start running on solar purely. They seem like they have enough, but they're trying. Yeah, to. well, they, I agree. I have my sister lives on the far side of Phoenix, from from where I live, and uh, there are brand new communities out there that are set up. Basically, the whole community is built around a solar farm. And the community derives its own power from that solar farm. So, I mean, if you're ever bored, they're making they're making progress. There's communities that, yeah, there are communities that are are making progress in it. Hey, if you're ever bored, Google bird blows up over solar fields. Oh. <laughs> It happens was all it the time. by Donald Trump? Was it like, here's the thing? No, no, it's actually the real thing. Those mirror towers <laughs> reflect all the sunlight. And yeah. Those two points on the tower. So if they oh, fly I see. right in front of it, they instantly just burst into flames. Flames, oh, yeah, shit. bad, bro. Yep. I, I watched videos of it. I'm watching like, a cartoon. I'm not bullshitting you. Yeah, I know. It's this bird. It's flying, and then it just catches fire. <laughs> I think that's in front of that's a radar. That's a, that's in front of radar, like military air force base radar is what that is. Oh no 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 no! no. I, I've seen yes. this out at the solar towers, so they have all these. Oh yeah, ones up to the. I can the, see the, that. It's yeah, molten, it's a was a molten sodium. I, I think they use in them, and it recirculates oh, the molten sodium. Yes, yes. The heat spot on the tower. So when they fly in front of the heat spot on those towers, that's what I'm talking about. The laser beam. Yeah, it is a laser you're, beam. You're yeah. right. They they can do it with military radar as well. Actually, yes. That's actually how microwaves got discovered. That's my big one right there. That's my big baby. 
that big plant right there. Here, let me spotlight it. Uh huh. I got a I got a video up on my Bugsy Malone channel. Not my Bugsy's Evil Deeds. I don't put the pot content on the Bugsy's Evil Deeds channel, but on my Bugsy Malone channel, I I have a where I've trimmed up the bottom and you can see the stalk. The stalk is I can fit my fingers closer to being all the way around my wrist than I can to be in all the way around the stalk on that. It's pretty big. Oh, yeah. So she said. <laughs> fucking nailed it, D. Jesus, H. Christ. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> I trained them well. Yeah, That's a good one. Right. Uh, <laughs> run that one. Dude, the show was worth it. I want to definitely like, do... Uh, Go ahead, Smash. Oh, it's just... I... Shit. I... That's a perfect candidate for, like, rainwater drainage watering. You know what I mean? Trying to click to any rainwater you can or whatever. Rainwater reclamation. How excellent is their subject? We talk about uh, uh, cleanliness and cannabis and how cannabis is always different than everything else. You know, like, you can pretty much... Uh, you could grow tomatoes and uranium, it seems like, you know, they'd be almost fine. Uh, but cannabis, you look at it wrong and it, it'll test wrong. Could you water, like Steve would know about this, could you water with like recycled water? Could you water with like uh, rainwater? Probably depends on where you live, honestly. Uh, but uh, let's say without filtering it, could you basically just water in rainwater? Let's say if you lived in, uh, I don't know, Pennsylvania, near steel mills or something, like, would you get accumulation of like heavy metals and mercury and whatever else or it's going to completely depend on what pollution is is up from you but generally rainwater is so diluted that you know it, it generally passes but if you were right at near you know some type of coal plant or something else that's you know yeah. putting a lot of smog you could totally fail but in general the now what i have seen fail people uh and and there's some <laughs> Big companies in Canada that have learned this uh, is being too close to airports and ending up with jet fuel residue uh, yeah. plants. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's something that can. And that went the place here in Portland. Uh, that's crazy. Somebody was telling me a story about it. I kind of want to set one up um, for the outdoor. Like get a rain barrel or a 55 gallon <laughs> drum, build a little stand higher up and i just when i go out there i can just flip it on and flip it off wax on wax off all right well if i'm gonna i I'm gonna if i got up. caught collecting rain i would actually be in trouble but i could go down south to the other counties down below us and it's fine but in Maricopa County, you're not allowed to collect rainwater. What the fuck? Don't oh, know. I'm going to roll it. But it is. That was ridiculous. But uh, cheers, dude. I just ashed on my freaking mouse pad. Uh, <laughs> cheers, dude. How can people find you? Later, D. Besides the APMG, APMJclass.com. Yes. Uh, where they can learn everything about aquaponics. Uh, where else can they find you? 
Um, you can also find me on Potent Ponics, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, all the things, uh, or the Growing With Fishes podcast uh, as well. Are you a SoundCloud rapper? Yep. I'm on SoundCloud. Right. I use SoundCloud to host all my stuff because it's easiest to uh, set my RSS feed up for there and then, you know, spits out to the rest. So it's easier. Uh-huh. Actually, uh, did a whole thing with Fumi the other day, helping him out with his with his stuff to connect it to new websites and, and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's fun. Yep. So you. hopefully I'll be able to find his stuff on, on more stuff here soon as well. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Be safe, well, we might have an early show because it looks like we are uh, dropping like flies. Uh, Potent. Cheers, dude. Thanks very much for coming on. And yeah. uh, it should be recognized. Potent brought Chris Trump on here. So like he didn't come yeah, on because uh, Fumador is so famous. Like uh, uh, Potent is a little bit more famous than uh, most of us. So thank you very much for uh, at least put it this way. Well respected. So thank you very much for bringing some really killer guests on the show. Okay. I think um, I think I still owe you one other guest that I told you I'd bring on, which I, I will bring on. That'd be super cool. Hell yeah. Uh, Who are the three so far? <laughs> I'm working on a couple too. So we should get some good guests coming up. Dude, Miss Jill was super cool. She was super fun. It's it's gardening season. Yeah, I absolutely would love to have her back. It's gardening season, so some of these people are hard to talk to. Um, So I have, like, a lot of the extract guys are really fucking busy right now. Actually, some of them are always busy. You know what I mean? (laughs) Because they're so in demand. Like, I, I feel like Yeti Stash would be like that, like from Michigan Bro Show. He's always running every day, running hash, running hash, running hash. So it gets to a point when you're, you're busy. I guess I can say it here at night, D. Uh, have a good one, dude. Uh, go look for the fresh brains. Make sure they're what? Chilled? Mm-hmm. In the evening, do you want warm brains or chilled brains? I don't know. Oh, I feel bad, but I'm tired. Well, Barbecue brains. Barbecue brains. Have a good night, D. All right, guys. Have a good night, D. Take it easy, bro. You can find me at D underscore zombie underscore. Later, everybody. Well, I don't know. You guys uh, up for, let's say, well, I'm kind of halfway in the middle of a joy, but up for the next 420? Nice 20 minutes. Tell it. I'll do 20. Uh, that means properly last properly, properly, properly it's not even weed and whiskey night Wednesday. ladies and gentlemen properly uh, last call uh, roll your joints your bowls your bones whatever um, say your I was going to say it's like, I was going to say it's like, but I can't think of anything somehow I got stoned tonight weird but uh, I don't know if you guys want to hop on say hello for a little bit brief hello hop on do so Otherwise, it's going to be us talking about Bugsy's parrots. and. Uh, I, have, I feel like I'm going to have a problem in the flower tent, man. Uh-oh. Is it a problem that needs to be solved with, like, uh, an assassin? Like, do we need to call Leon the professional? No. <laughs> I think those yeah, papayas... Yeah, I think those papayas are going to get too big. <laughs> they're going to be in the light and... Are they in veg still, or what's the cycle? They just went into flower tonight. Oh, that just fuckers over. Holy shit. Damn them like crazy. Damn oh, yeah, it was. Like, I'm out of room now when they're five by five with them in there. 
But you're in early fall. It's a little bit not ideal to snip the tops off, but if you could basically snip off anything on the bottom and just bend the shit out so they spread out, that's mm. what I would do. They're still yeah. early. Week one, down four, to each other. you're a little bit fucked, basically. But yeah, week <laughs> yeah, one, there'd be a still lot of started stretching. They don't even know they're flowering until about like week almost. Yeah, two they're still in bench. <clears throat> but there would be a lot of overlapping. I bent them down. I did bend them down some tonight. Well, then cut. So uh, how do I put this? Leave tops. That should be more specific. Leave like four or five. No, oh, you want to leave more than that. Uh, we're, we're talking about a five by five again. I'm confused about exactly where they are. Leave enough tops that, that, so that they actually stretch up, basically. But cut anything else that's going to stretch out and overlap and just kind of leave runners. You want nice tops that will just go straight up, basically. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much. I recommend. Like, uh, that's one of the things that you learn, basically, with... Uh, plants that yeah all the plants stretch differently all the plants grow differently but i'm constantly i can say this from experience i am constantly running different phenotypes and i hear people complain like oh you got a monocrop and this and that's get yield i'm like no you do not like you can have plants that don't stretch plants that do stretch you just have to account for all of it and try to make sure you can predict yeah. a little bit of it you can predict some plants won't stretch some plants will but even still grow them in such a way that everything just goes up so there's no of that, like, oh, I'm going to wait for stretch for the branch to go out. Like, noobs always have this theory, you know what I mean? Like, some some theory of theirs, like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Like, I recommend prune your plants in such a way, and like, this is just something to think about, so that when stretch happens, it just goes straight up, and literally just straight up. And so you basically have, like, colas shooting up, basically. And what that means is you have spread out plants, essentially, so that they can, like, those nodes that are in the middle of the branches, those will become their own branches and they will basically go shoot and they will shoot up. So, you know what I mean? Like if they are basically spread out, that's actually a good thing. That's what you want. That Afghani is really a bush. And then the papayas seem to want to go upwards. You know what I mean? Um, they're big, broad leaves still um, on the papaya rum cake, but they're not as bushy as that old school the old school is like a bush in the back of the grow tent right now taking up a whole back of that five by five um, other than the little section where the fan is and then the two papaya rum cakes are in there they're taking up the front of everything else pretty much so mm -hmm. we're just letting i trimmed them up tonight dude that's that, so, so fucking good too but every time you say it i'm just like oh for fuck's sake <laughs> I hope it's no, good. I hope it's good. I'm literally trying to imagine what a papaya rum cake is like here. And I'm, I'm kind of drawing <laughs> like a blank. A to be honest. Papaya we got a papaya. Cake, I'm going to be right over this shit. We got so a rum a, cake. All right. It's a papaya crossed with a Skittles Mai Tai cake. And the papaya was the same. Well, I don't know if it's the papaya, but papaya was one of the things that. Uh, Okay, no, it's not the thing that Oni crossed to make Tropicana, but he's been working with the papaya to make like Wilson and some other things. Yeah, um, it's the fame. I'm pretty sure it's the famous papaya cut, whatever one. Papaya OG, then, I think they called it. Maybe yeah, papaya, and then, I don't remember anymore. And then they they added a Skittles, and it's a Skittles Mai Tai cake. Skittles crossed with Mai Tai cake. Which, it's probably their, I don't know. It's Dank Desert Seeds, so they're pretty, they're, they're a legit company. I, I, I've never heard bad things about them, so we'll see.
Yeah, I, I definitely like three could. thoughts at once, and none of them came out. Me too. I was thinking I could. I, <laughs> it's one of those nights. <laughs> better than I could no thoughts. Easily, better than just like crickets. I could have easily taken that Afghani and filled out the five by five if I decided to like stretch it over, like really hey, start tying it down. Of, every one of those plants probably are capable of filling that entire space oh, yeah. with them in the right size pot. Like I don't oh, yeah. worry about that. And give them uh, give them the right amount of veg time. They'll fill yeah. it out for sure. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm really looking forward yeah. to seeing him uh, grow some really aggressive plants for real, like some really truly aggressive plants. Because I think some of those plants you had before were just like I don't know, I, shitty genetics. There's just, with the yeah. bottom trimmed. Oops, I got that stupid. What's that, Bugsy? <clears throat> Here, let me. No, we know. I know what happened while last grow. The shit's growing. Yeah, that's the shit that's what is going crazy up. right now. Nice. Look at that. Dude, I'm jealous of you outdoor growers. Fuck. Holy crap. I hope one of you <laughs> well, maybe next season, maybe next year I'll be able to grow outdoors. We'll see. Heck yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's how plants are supposed to grow. Like uh, every time I look at my indoor plants, I like it and I, I like my plants. I'm not going to complain or anything else, but uh, God damn it, man. It's, it's not how it's supposed to be. Fucking indoor. It's like it's like a yeah, but even so, as aquariums, West Indian, because like, uh, I, how do I put this? I just I, I stopped kind of keeping fish because I felt like it was a cage. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to criticize aquariums because good aquariums are super cool. I still like to go see aquariums, but uh, I thought I think to myself sometimes about plants that it's a little bit of a cage. You know, like we bind them in a root zone. They're not connected to the earth. They're not connected to the magnetic field. You know, like I'm, I'm, I have to say, I've kind of tipped over into that thing where I believe into the in the paramagnetics and everything else. And so I've tried to kind of work on it, but at the same time, they're still not really connected to the earth. And dude, I know, I know, you're you're fucking. Oh, another like, one, you fucking you just hippie. Made me a weird hippie, <laughs> like all kinds of weird shit. Like, oh, the plants talk to me, and they talk back, and all this weird shit. Well, I, I would never expect the magnetic like tomatoes or something. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not going to argue with the polar magnetic fields and all that. I, I agree with that stuff. And if you and uh, I, I don't know about grounding because, like, like really, I don't think it makes any difference if your pots are grounded to the ground or not. I think it makes zero difference. Why? Because there's an electrical interference, I guess is what the, the, the answer would be. I, think I don't know between, if it's significant. I can't tell It you would if make a difference if the, you allowed it to root to the ground. Allow it to root out the little side hole in your bucket and go down in the ground. That might make a difference. But then it's just rooting in the ground. See, then, like... Okay, here we go. All potent ponics... All potent ponics fucking uh, dual dual root zone pots are not are not grounded to the ground in any way, shape, or form. They're in a way. They probably are because the water's grounded. You think the water's grounded? Probably because there's no static electricity and stuff. See, I don't it know about moving. that. You might want that grounded, seeing how the water moves. And there's pumps in it and stuff. Plus, the base is probably just concrete. Just for static, yeah. That's the thing, because like uh, a lot of us... And what's, it, what's the difference? Like, if, we what's the difference? if we weren't using some of the weird technology that we use, like rubber saucers, we wouldn't be talking about this. Like, honestly, I grow on like a, mm -hmm. a tray in rubber saucers. Like, 
deliberately detached okay. from the ground. Well, you you said, well, maybe the concrete's grounded. Well, wouldn't the concrete be grounded with our pots on top of the concrete in our in our basements or whatever? I mean, I guess most saying, of us elevate like them. Plastic saucers and disconnect yeah. them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we could probably, a lot of people probably do put their shit right on the ground. A lot of synthetic growers, honestly, just put their shit right on the ground. Um, but I don't know too many people that do organics because like you wouldn't want your bed right on the ground for a variety of reasons. Like you wouldn't want like pests and pathogens to come and go. You wouldn't want it to be like, moisture transfer on it i don't know you animal predators put expensive wall. soil there so you don't want to like get it ruined somehow with the basement i have to worry about but and, and field mice and stuff like that that's my worry right right i mean the weather must be what keeps the the other issues away you know what i mean when it's 120 out how can the fungus gnats live in that i i when it's dry maybe when it's when the months while the monsoons are happening maybe but as soon as it dries back up no you know i'd have to go out and water every day or my soil gets too dry and my plants start drooping hmm. yeah lars uh, uh well that's not 100 percent true either like most apartments are pretty well grounded because again if you get hit by lightning or something like path through but um i mean to some extent it's not grounded it is grounded i don't know we're because we're, how do i put this it is kind of one of these hippie things but they do kind of come up every once in a while someone always brings up like structured water or whatever i don't really believe in that stuff but i have tipped over into the like magnetic fields like i'm yeah, not there is some of it's no, some of it's real in my pots but i've been wondering some of this bro science is absolutely real like 100%. I I believe in the I believe in the magnetic stuff. If uh, you look at uh, seeds exposed to the south pole of a magnet, they do significantly better. And I thought it was all bullshit. I thought it was a YouTube uh, a YouTube scam until I actually read some white papers that uh, University of Alberta did that where they where that they proved that exposing the uh, seed dry seed to um, to the magnetic, the southern pole of a, of a magnet improved uh, seed germination and improved uh, crop yield in those fields. Wow. Uh, I'm just How do you do that on large scale without exposing it to the whole magnetic field? Man, I'm not sure. <laughs> One I thing, if you got a little crazy, evening, my friends, will be uh, Morgana. Uh, if possible, this is actually the nug. Like last time, I was like, "Oh, this is not the nug." The funny thing is, this could actually be the nug because I pulled it off like a side, and that was a side nug. So, in theory, dude, wouldn't that be fucking ridiculous if that? Oh that yeah, that could totally be it. That. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it could totally be that nug. Turn around 180, it's the other oh, way. But if I close it, then you won't see it. <laughs> All right, put it right in my face. Maybe that'll work. Put it in your fucking face. Oh, I gotta move my head over. It sure looks like it could be. It really it could does. be, but I think See, we're gonna we're gonna roll with it's it. It's much it. younger because it, it would have it would have shrunk down it. a lot. Oh, maybe I don't know. Has this little shoulder down there? It might not be. Yeah. We're going to say it is. We're going to just we're gonna lie and we're just going to say that it is. It's absolutely. 100% certainty. This show would uh, never mislead you at 
anytime. <laughs> the dress is beginning. gold. No, it's blue. No, it's cool. Uh, Smash, we never told you what press to buy with uh, imaginary money. I still think you should go and win the lottery and then buy that, uh, the Helix, I think they call it, from uh, Peer Pressure. That thing looks so fucking sweet. Like, so goddamn sweet. It's the one that's made for, like, the craft artisanal rosin producer. Um, who do I know in Maine? A friend of mine I took see. a hash course uh, in Maine. He fucking loves that thing. Every person I see in the like on Instagram or um, a dispensary on Instagram or whatever running um, rosin, it's always on low temp. Because low temp is the no brainer for value for quality, absolute fucking stone cold no brainer. I mean the uh, I can't even understand honestly how some people are able to afford the pre because the the pure pressure that I just talked about it is like thirty seven hundred dollars. It's amazing as fucking ball sacks. Like, I would love to have that thing. I would keep it in my fucking front room for everyone to see. I don't know, it'd be a weird place to press rosin, but it looks so gorgeous. I mean, it's all computerized and shit. It looks all retro and shit. It looks fucking fantastic. Uh, but it's literally like four grand by the time you buy like a, a plate and a couple other things. Like, I think it's more than that, honestly. Low temp, you basically walk out the door. You probably don't want to carry it, honestly, but basically he can mail you uh, the tabletop press for less than 2000 bucks. And the fucking thing does everything that the low temp does. Same thing with the Sasquatch. The cheapest ones, they have amazing presses. Like yeah, amazing, amazing, nice. amazing, amazing presses. Cheapest one they have is like almost $4,000. They have a, a um, small, small, smaller plates that I wouldn't really want to use. That's like $2,700. So the low damn. temp, it's just like, it's just clown <laughs> back and forth on it, you know? Do you ever check out Diamond Presco? Like you and Tara have talked about them. Yeah, he's, he's no Diamond Presco. He's in the chat. He comes in the chat all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about Dab Press, Diamond Presco, dude. He built the diamond. Yeah. yeah, those are pretty cool too. I I think his are pretty dope. Right on. I, I mean, he doesn't come around. He has, I haven't seen him lately. Hopefully, he's working yeah. on the chat more or on the press board. I hope he succeeds, man. He's been hanging out in the chat for the longest time and talking about rosin and just like. Learning about hash and dude, powers those kinds of people. I think those like that. I like um, Nug Smasher too because they're open and they do a lot of Instagram and a lot of oh. content creating. Also, it's just it's cool to see. Oh. But I gotta. They do use a lot of. It looks like Jungle Boy shit. Hmm. Always Jungle Boy shit. Or cookies or something. I mean, if you had access to that, wouldn't you? Like anytime that, even if the stuff wasn't somehow good, but we all know that it is, uh, like it's always presses super well. And the, you know, the videos are amazing, right? How do I put this? Even if the videos weren't amazing, the names are so amazing that their likes and everything else are, you know, through the fucking roof. So, you know what I mean? Like anytime you could basically do like Jungle Boys, this or that, nailed it. Yeah. Can't blame them. Me either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they probably want to make like I watched them make a cigar that was worth like a thousand dollars, like rolling like snakes and shit. They seem like they like to party, you know, like they're a good time company. Like they like to have fun. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>
the things annoy me though, like the thousand dollar can of gars. Like, oh my god, whatever. I don't know. Like, if it's like rolled in gold leaf. Yeah, sometimes they, these <laughs> things get extravagant with like multiple grams of hash rosins. And, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. You don't, you don't taste it. You know what I mean? It's like oh, I don't know. Yeah. foie gras on top of caviar, on top of chocolate mousse, on top of fucking just pick all the 15 most fancy things you could think of. Damn, I want of, like, chocolate mousse. Uh, abalone and wagyu and throw it all together and just taste like vomit. Motherfucker, yeah. why'd you have to say that? <laughs> It tastes like vomit or wag, wag you. No, I want chocolate mousse. Dude, now everyone like does. The kind you eat? Yeah. No, the kind that walks around in Canada. It's a chocolate <laughs> mousse. It's, uh, eight I seen tall. a big one today. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to walk up and you rub your strawberries on it really gently. He's walking on the boot. <laughs> <laughs> I like moose track. If chocolate grew on moose, how do you say moose in plural? See, I'm not Canadian. Mises, moose. No, they're mooses. They're mooses. I don't think they're meese. Moose. Did you know that plural of a mongoose is actually mongooses? You would think it'd be mongoose, right? No, another bird. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Mongooses. I thought it would be like mongoose or something. And <laughs> like, yeah, I thought it was mongoose. I thought it was mongoose for sure. Mongagon. <laughs> That's a hexagon of mongoose. <laughs> All right, one minute. Roll your goals. Like if you are in a hexagon of mongoose. <laughs> <laughs> Fight your way out, then pack your ball. <laughs> Carefully, surely, <laughs> back out. They are a very ferocious creature. Uh, I can't no, see it's my like clock. A martial arts cool. thing, like the new league where you fight, but only mongoose hey, and octagon. Cheers, Cheers, folks! Happy four twenty. It's the octagon mongoose. <laughs> octagon. <laughs> I don't know how you win. <laughs> to fight is to lose, probably, but uh, you just survive. What if they're nice? What if they're really friendly? <laughs> Do they just want to eat? No mongooses are friendly. Oh, that's too bad. Well, it's gonna, there will be blood, man. We got to get what's his name? Uh, not William Defoe. We could get him too, but um, the dude to play the dude with the straw. I drink your milkshake. Daniel Day Lewis. That's the guy. Mm. <laughs> Surprisingly, he was not the last of the Mohicans. Everyone thinks that he was the last of the Mohicans. They're like, oh, Daniel Day Lewis, the last. No, man, he wasn't. The no, there's a couple more. Got yeah. you. That was the last. Yeah. Apparently that story was fucking bullshit from top to bottom. South Park episode. Right, it was just like <laughs> really wrote it from New York City. He was like, "This is what would happen if Native Americans did shit." Hey, fun. Go ahead. South Park when they did the "I am the last Mexican," <laughs> I died. <laughs> Can you get tell me more about this episode? Because somehow I caught up to all I thought all of South Park recently, and somehow I do not know this episode. Like you, you guys are constantly 
quoting South Park episodes that I have not seen. And like, I this cannot happen anymore. God. Yeah, I must have passed out the, the right. That was on the Dude, back I got end. Up. I was yeah. like, this is this is too much, man. I was a South Park aficionado for many years in my youth, and I was like, South Park has been around for a while now. I was like, I just rubbed my chest. I was like, I, you know, I was here a little bit before it was cool. So I was like, oh, this cannot happen. So I had to catch up on the South Parks. It's an episode where the gang, like Cartman, is U.S. border stand. Um, Butters, you respect my authority. Yeah, uh, Stan Butters and Kyle are Mexicans trying to get into America over the border, <laughs> so they're guarding like their backyard. And this dude, but and Butters gets lost, and he's like ends up in Mexico and stuff. It's funny. <laughs> It's hilarious. Yeah, we have Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Um, they're talking about the Mohegans have a casino here. So many of those fucking casinos. Some I like going once in a while. Not. Some of them, I'm mean, just like, uh, uh, I probably shut the fuck up. Probably better. If we I would just like cards though. I'm if not I, a big I fan of the carpet I, bagger of casinos. You know what I mean? I feel you. I, I like card games though, like poker. Hmm. That's the thing. There's so many things in this society that would be fine if they were handled better. Like I was talking to somebody today about Instagram. Like in principle, social networks are their shit. You know what I mean? Like we wouldn't have met each other without any of these social networks that we're on right now. We wouldn't have been able to like I wouldn't have been able to create this freaking human art persona or whatever if it wasn't for Instagram. But at the same time, every time I go on Instagram, it's like this this painful experience where I know like. There's, there's like filtration of cannabis. Same thing with YouTube. There's filtration of cannabis content. It's really hard to get ahead on and on and on. If it were an organic, normal uh, social network that weren't gamified by this gigantic kind of disgusting corporation like Facebook, it would probably, how do I put this up? People would grow organically. Your networks would spread organically. They wouldn't put your most annoying, um, like Facebook, they wouldn't put your most annoying friends at the top of your feed to piss you off. You know what I mean? Like the, the people that you would interact with most probably would be the ones that would come up at the top of your feed in the algorithm. Instead of trying to piss you off, they would try to please you. You know what I mean? Like I'm probably babbling at this point, but like there's so many things that could be nicer in our society that we choose to. I am babbling at this point, but hopefully it's making some sense. It does. It's Morgana, dude. Fuck you. I'm smoking Morgana. I'm going to jump off though. I'm tired. Long and day. Chris, I'm Chris. Uh, Chris Mertz, you are wrong. Yeah, that is a, a redirect. Is Chris Mertz not wrong, man. Chris Mertz is wrong. Mongoose is mongooses. Sorry, buddy. Dude, I'm that is the way it Mongo is in the poets, dictionary. I'm sticking to Mongo fucking poets. Um, Have a good night, guys. Be safe. By the way, how can people find you? I think you already said it, but say it again. Um, I have Smash Cannabis. I have a YouTube um, and an Instagram. It's Instagram with 2.0 at the end of it because I had to take my main account down or it got taken. But all right, guys, have a good night. Facebook Peace. is asshole smashed. He knows what we're talking about. Cheers, dude. Thanks for hanging. Uh, I guess we're we're dropping like flies, man. Bugsy, man. Uh, it's just fucking chewing. I mean, I'm not going to pu- push you out, man. I, I'm still smoking my joint, too. West Engine, uh, dude, you smoke that thing like, is there even any weed in there or is it just like, dude, oh, I just packed it, I just packed a fresh black one. Black tar, yeah. hashish, heroin or some shit. 
It's, uh, it's getting a little dried out. I could put a new one in. It's not bad. Yeah, it still stays in there when I flip it upside down. Dude, it's so handy. Like every time I see you just kind of puffing on it, puffing on it, like that is just like the perfect feeling. Pretty good. It is pretty pretty all right. I you like it. Press a button and it goes like this. You gotta click the handle. You click the handle. Flower it vapor? goes off there. Is that what it is? What's that? A it's a vapor? plant. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's flower. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. She works well. Wow. Jay Allen is confused. Uh, Jay Allen, are you a little bit like the uh, aliens in uh, fucking Ganja? I don't know who that is, but we're just going to admit them anyway. Uh, are you like the aliens in Galaxy Quest that took the entire, the histories, literally? I thought that was a hilarious movie. To infinity and beyond. Wait, no, I got that wrong. I'm stoned. Never give up. Never surrender. Go, Jay Allen. There we go. Jay Allen, this bull. Is this grower or just like abstract ganja? I hope it's not someone with a like a wiener. It's like showing off the wiener. Not someone with a wiener. Like, unfortunately, they're only. That's a weird thing to think of. Like, there's only wieners on the panel now. Mongoose. Anyway, hopefully they don't show off their. What were you saying there, Wes? Yep. Plural, mongooses, also <laughs> mongoose for the fucking people who can't read. See? <laughs> Sorry, I just have to come and correct you. We can't have, this is a fact-based channel. No. You, can't, you can use no, mongoose. No, 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 no. You, you yeah. my friend, He's you, my friend. This is a no-bullshit channel, man. This is a no-bullshit yeah, channel. Yeah, we're not going to have lies here, Wes. And that's why, I'm calling, that's why I'm calling Chris on it, on his fucking slang that he's throwing around here. Dang it. Fucking no, nobody it. wants these mong mongoose. <laughs> well, you gotta get, well, you gotta, you you gotta update that 1946 Merriam-Webster's dictionary, there, kid. Look, <laughs> how do you, how do you that's like when English was written back then, not now. How do we update it for Mongapode? How do we? Hmm. How do we? <laughs> or. Uh, manga peed. Maybe it's really more peed. more to the problem, Chris. Why do you have such a problem with uh, the mongoose? Uh, like being right. Being what do you have against mongoose? Un <laughs> the wrong way. Like you know, I mean, like what happened here? Big wrong you. Yeah, this is a vendetta. Tell you the story. Mongooses. Right, mongooses. <laughs> you fall in love with a mongoose. And she was stolen by, uh, I don't know, maybe like a horse or something. Dude, Probably a mongoose. I literally opened my front door tonight and a fucking raccoon walked in my house. Like he was <laughs> like, yeah, like, uh, like really he had good. rung the bell like and was really waiting for That's a really fat mongoose. That's a really fat mongoose with a face mask on. I was going to say a mongoose. Trash panda. In short, short order. Trash panda. Oh, yeah. It would probably it'd be a pretty good fight, probably, actually. Right. Dude, I remember when Mongoose was this good bicycle brand. Like, it was like the mountain bike. I want to say they also did some BMX, too, but I can't swear to that. I had a BMX. Yeah, it, it wasn't like the hell fanciest. Yeah. It wasn't like Canada. Oh, Dude, I hell yeah. Like Canada was super sweet, high man. end, too. I think they're actually nice now, sweet. too. But was it Mine sweet? Was pretty sweet. Mine was sweet. A friend of mine I remember. Mongoose. We were all so fucking jealous. Holy crap. I cut I cut so many lawns to get that uh, Mongoose. I saved up for mm. so long. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was a fucking beauty. I remember getting there. Uh, I had the Kmart uh, special. You were a BMX rider, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. The real question is, do they hang out in Mongaggles? Mongaggles? Yeah, I think so. I've never really seen more than two mongoose together, I'll be honest with you. I've never seen more than two mongoose together. You probably just saw the asshole mongoose that didn't get invited to the party. (laughs) Well, that's probably true. You don't see many of them because they're nocturnal. You say they were having nighttime parties, man. You're not invited to that shit. What the fuck? They were mong giggling. I'm still going with that joke. They're mong giggling at their mong gaggle. Oh, sorry, wait, no, no, no. I'm I'm I am wrong. I'm wrong. The uh, the mongoose the mongoose are waking the day. They brought them the reason they brought the mongoose to Antigua. The English brought the mongoose to Antigua uh, to let them let them go. Uh, and they because they had uh, rats in the cane fields and they thought that would take care of them. All they did was rat every type of snake on the island. We had no venomous snakes. So the rats went even more wild. And the rat yeah the rats went even more wild yeah. Talk about unintended consequences. Yeah, how many times have we done that dumb shit, though? It's like, never learn. It's crazy. Like, all of America is is Japanese knotweed because of the freaking rail beds. You know, they brought it over when they were making the rail. This will root quick. (laughs) And it rooted like no other. And now you just can't get rid of it because the fucking roots go so deep, so quick. And they propagate right back from the roots that it's like, we're stuck with it. Or snakehead, even fucking nutria. They brought in nutria for like meat or whatever, and now there's everywhere. They eat everything everywhere, right? Supposed to. But the, uh, yeah. the state of Florida, it's, like they look it looks so stupid. So many... The first time you see one, you're like, "What the fuck is that?" Because it's got like purple teeth, and yeah. you just look at it. It just looks like the stupidest fucking animal. Because they, they they give you this look, and they just look uncomprehending too. Nutria piss me off. They're like one of those animals that just annoy me. There's not too too many animals that annoy me, but nutria are one of them because they're just like they're, I guess it's because they're so obnoxiously destructive, but also they just look fucking stupid. Like beavers don't look stupid; their teeth like look normal somehow. I guess that's me saying that, but I mean like they're not I purple. They look they rather look big, like but they're, they're made to do what they yeah, do. but they're not purple. The fuck, like purple teeth? No, no. fuck. And it's not like oh, they're, they're pretty brown. Talking about purple, it's like purple. You see them yeah, real brown. brown. You're like okay, that's expected, like a horn or whatever. It's like seeing an elk suddenly with red horns. You're like that's now, unusual. That's, that's is weird. a nutria uh, muskrat basically? It's a piece of garbage on legs. It's like a dumb beaver. Yeah, <laughs> it's mm. like a dumb beaver. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a muskrat. That's what we call a muskrat here. I think. Is that what it is? I think that's what we call them. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Muskrat is different. I won't swear to it though. Oh, is it? I don't know. We don't. I don't we have koi poo here. Um, muskrats look like a like a like an otter with a rat's tail. All right, now we're gonna look up muskrats because maybe it's what, what your mama looks like. I don't know. Uh, a little bit. A little bit. New window. Muskrat. No, muskrat is something else. A muskrat yeah, it looks is different. a medium-sized semi-aquatic rodent. Showing you guys a picture here. Still a uh, fucking rat, though. Yeah, yeah, that's not, muskrat. I mean, no argument there. Uh, it is still a rodent. You know what I mean? I think technically ferrets for rodents. 
Uh, we talked about so the koipu is actually bigger. Our nutri, you call it. Yeah. Koipu. Large. See, a little bit larger. The other one was medium. This is large. Uh, what was I going to say? Your mama knows the difference. Uh, it's a large herbivorous aquatic roach. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> it's going to be really large, though. <laughs> classified for a long time as the only uh, member of the family Myocastoridae. You guys are part of that family. Full size pickup trucks only. It's a family of spiny rats. Ours originally were, native to subtropical and temperate South Africa. Like no, sorry, South America. Least concern as far as conservation. Look at these fucking teeth. Look at this fucking teeth. That's like the best. Oh, look at the man. That's that just thing. nasty. I mean, they just look so ridiculous. You don't deserve to. And they're live. not scared of you at all. Like you walk up to them, they're just like because <laughs> they can swim away if they don't care. Seals too. Stupid. We should kill all the seals. I have heard reluctantly that some oh, seals man. are kind of douchey. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> some of them, I guess, are fine, but um, some of them are douchey. Sea lions here in the Columbia River, they have a habit of coming up and eating all the salmon. Because they're like, wait a second, there's like a ladder where you guys have like all the fish in one place trying <laughs> to get up it? Like, that's where I want to be. So yeah, like every couple of years, they have to go and like shoot like 10 seals. It's very seal. Very sad. For being a smarter than average seal. Nice. Pretty much. Yeah, right. like, they're so fucking <laughs> smart. They're like, there's a risk drop here, all the thing. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what you get for like class seal pyramid. Almost as smart as us. Almost as smart. Oh, it's close, but no cigar. Here's the shotgun. It's sad, man. He probably can barely swim from like eating too many salmon. <laughs> like he only eats the heads and throws the rest away. Dude, all of our goddamn movies is essentially us being <laughs> seals going to foreign. Like here's us talking about the expanse all the time. And they go find the proto molecule and shit that's way above their pay grade. They go to that freaking the ring gate and shit. That shit's way above their pay grade. Like they are lost. They don't know what the fuck that stuff is. They go to that other planet. They almost kill themselves. It's so fucking dangerous because they don't know what they're doing. They're basically the seals in the fish ladder. So essentially, like James Holden, all those guys, they're basically seals, sea lions yeah. hunting for salmon at the Columbia River. Like, oh, this looks great. Prove <laughs> me fucking wrong, man. Seriously, seriously. <laughs> they fuck it up every single time they do it. Like half being led around by every the proto time. What's that? Being led around by dude's memory stuck in the proto molecule. Right. Now I guess we have to find a telepathic salmon, but you uh, know the cop. It's not a perfect analogy. It's not a perfect <laughs> analogy, but uh, so if a salmon perhaps, starts perhaps they're to haunted by visions. By the way, I did get to the episode with the, the no, hat and the freaking <laughs> the hat, no hat. That, that was a fun part. I couldn't remember it exactly when you were talking. I was mm -hmm. probably smoking weed at the time. But, yeah, um, but but and what's crazy, though, is when you watch back in the, and then go back to the first season, you realize that he's doing it there, too. He's taking the hat off when he's being, he's putting the hat on when he's being a bad cop. And when he's being a good cop, he's taking the hat off and mm -hmm. he's leaving it behind and shit. That I didn't pay attention to. It's crazy. I was like, what? I was like, no way. When I watched it the it second time, and I, I seen that. I was like, 
That is so insane. Just really yeah, Thomas up. Jane pulled that off really well. Good. Notice he ended up directing a bunch of the episodes uh, later on. So that's kind of cool. They didn't like kill him off the show or something. He just ended up like graduating like the freaking director. I well, still they are going to keep uh, making five. right? What's that, Gunter? I still haven't seen season five. Oh, got it. Uh, Bugsy, you were saying? I cut you off, Bugsy. They are still going to make more, right? Yeah, I hope so. If they don't, I'm going to riot. They are going to make more of the expanse, I hope. I think they're. I wouldn't be surprised think, if Jeff Bezos like flew to the fucking space instead, but they better. I think they have a contract for one more season for sure. Um, I think they have one more season for sure, and then they'll probably renegotiate after that. So hopefully they get re signed after that. But hopefully. It's so good. Noobs has already got fucking memes going. <laughs> Right on. Oh my god, dude! Gunter, did you catch the Chris Trump stuff? Oh yeah, it was in chat. Absolutely. Yeah, was a, oh, that's right. Different. You were fucking around in chat. It's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. Really interesting guy. Uh, how do I put this? So often people focus on just the nuts and bolts of uh, how do you make this? How do you make that? Like uh, it was really intriguing to hear him get more lit up, honestly, about some of these other future projects that have, frankly, nothing to do with weed, probably, and very interesting. And uh, I heard about. What's that? New stuff too that you haven't heard about. Right, absolutely. <laughs> I've heard him a lot, and I've I've listened to his stuff a lot, and gone back and listened to it, and it's always nice to get something fresh. Right. Ask some different uh, questions. Love uh, people that can talk about stuff freshly. You know what I mean? I was talking about that, like with uh, Potent and Coot. You know, a few other people we've met here, they're like icebergs. You know what I mean? Like you see. A little bit on the surface, but there's a lot beneath the surface that you just don't even see. And so, like, yep. if you ask them a question about all kinds of different stuff, like, yeah, you might catch them off guard or whatever, but uh, give them a second, they'll give you an answer. Might not be the right answer, but they'll try. Right on. I just tumble over into the sea. I'm a fucking. That's it. I was just going to say, like, uh, you, <laughs> there's nothing like, underneath you, that water. You can, like, dressed <laughs> it kind of like a marshmallow, the Pillsbury Doughboy, and then going, woohoo, one, two. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with that that's honest but then people bake you into a croissant that's something i think about after that commercial i was like did they bake him into a croissant like did that end badly or <laughs> you never know ladies and gentlemen perhaps it's time to abscond for the evening and uh look off and do our shit bugsy how can people find you man if you want to be found who knows maybe you don't want to be found maybe you're like Dude, me and my birds are fine. For Fuck my right for my for my weed content, it's Bugsy Malone on YouTube. Yeah. For my other content, it's Bugsy's Evil Deeds. I'm Bugsy's Evil Deeds on Instagram as well. No, dude. You can find me as Bugsy's Evil Deeds all over the place if you look hard enough. Jay yeah, Allen, by the way, is trying to persuade us. That uh, their teeth are made of iron. Iron beaver. I, I'm still not persuaded. They go fuck themselves. I've heard of some like uh, uh, some of those species having like copper teeth or what's another one? Like fool's gold or something in their teeth. Some weird ones from the like, red is the color iron. Stone right now. Yeah, it is the oxidizing color of iron. You're right, Bugsy. Yeah. 
Oxidizes. We're going to back up on the weird exotic beaver teeth. There's some story rattling around my head about like exotic metals, and we're going to move on. West Engine, you don't like to be found, but perhaps you have a lesson uh, for the story. Uh, did you learn something? Did you, uh, was there a moral lesson? Did it, did the show make you a better man in some way? Uh, did you feel profound and lasting change? Yes, 100%. I don't know what lesson I took from today, but uh, it was you definitely a good took one. something. I did, I did. That's, that's progress. See, identifying the fact that we have had progress, we'll, we'll pretend that that's the first step to progress. We're going to go with it because that, that's, that's it. That's, that's part it? of what we're doing right now, right? Like we, we have to already pretend. Uh, we're going to roll with it, ladies and gentlemen, uh, like a four-sided wheel. Uh, Ganja Grower, sometimes you like to be found, not always, uh, occasionally. Uh, right now you're in the clouds in a hot air balloon. I don't know, maybe... A, Squirrel suit? Probably a squirrel suit. I think you're in a skin tight squirrel suit getting ready to fly down those uh, those mountains. Precisely. <laughs> this fat boy's going to fly real well down the nice. side of this cliff right now. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Aim well. Don't, uh, don't hit the sides. Don't hit the sides, please. Exactly. But uh, club a seal tomorrow, baby seal preferably. Let's thin out the herd. That's all I got to say. The babies the they run slower. Mars says the babies, they're easier to get, I guess. So start with that. We'll work our way up. It's just really kind of a nuisance these days. They're like the geese of of the golfing community. So now we got to kill the geese too? <laughs> the geese going to die. Too. I mean, if you haven't been killing geese no. the last like, five years, yeah, you really, you really need to step up your game because you're gonna walk around with a baseball bat. There are way too many geese. Grab them by the neck and fucking <laughs> twist it. No, you see them while you got your golf club in your hand. Send its head flying. Leave the geese alone, man. Jesus. <laughs> you like those are the national symbol of Canada. You fucking heathens. <laughs> Everywhere. Those are oh, you fuck with the geese, <laughs> That's the National Mounted Spy Patrol or some shit. I don't even know. They're not mounted. That's the flying yeah, cavalry. We'll they're our army. Yeah. That's our army. We have invaded you. Are you going to talk <laughs> seagulls? <laughs> Fucking I mean, seagulls are like flying rats. Shit, like, and what do you have to say about McDonald's birds? <laughs> That birds don't live outside. I've seen seagulls eat other seagulls. That's how trashy <laughs> seagulls are. Like, see, just the seagull just munching down on a dead seagull. I grabbed a clam out of my hand. Think about it. Is there anywhere in the world you haven't seen seagulls? Like, they the are. The you had a clam in your hand, Gajo. Yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time since I've had a clam in my hand. <laughs> That wasn't fried. Ladies and gentlemen, on that note, I don't know <laughs> if I could top that one. Uh, uh, 
this. It's just uh, not really, not really. See what I mean? Already is a fucking fan. Yeah, yeah. Hit that nice. end. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for hanging. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, not seeing you guys because you guys are virtual entities. You might not even exist. You might be dogs. You might be, uh, I don't know, maybe they watch the show on like transcripts. Not, maybe not, they not, listen not to an Egyptian now. dub. It'd be really funny to hear like someone dubbing this in Egyptian, like Arabic. I don't know why they would. I really don't know why they would. But it would be just hilarious to hear someone dub this. It would, show. wouldn't it? Like in all the same voices in with one person just doing it. I'm not going to do that voice because that would just be hilarious in my head. But anyway, we're, I, the guy's yelling. It's just hilarious. I don't know why he's yelling the whole time. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for hanging. If you'd like to listen to this, uh, whatever this fucking show was, if you'd like to listen to, to Chris Trump and, and, and the rest of us babble about uh, some logical stuff, go listen to us over on, uh, you know, iTunes. Spotify, all that stuff. Look up Chronic Table. That's the podcast name. Uh, let's see here. Other than that, thanks, folks, for hanging. Uh, until we meet again, let's see here. Probably going to be uh, uh, eh, secretly. We might even see each other. And then Saturday, my friends, don't forget Brisbane Buds. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks very much for hanging. Uh, until we meet again, cheers to everyone in chat. I guess uh, I should have said Jay Allen, Supreme Grape, Stony Creek, Captain 420, Dirty Indica, uh, Shannon Stevens. Cheers, Shannon. Uh, who else here? Marshall. Bugs in the house. Cheers, Marshall. Raymond, everybody that I missed. Cats and dogs, bats and frogs, space aliens on simulcast. Uh, be kind to each other. Be gentle. Be decent. Don't be fucking goddamn gargantuan pricks, my friends. Uh, try to be better than you were yesterday. Even if the people around you are shitheads, try to not be a shithead. Even, I didn't say succeed. I just said try. But sometimes, you know, you know, I mean, whatever. John Wick is shit. You know, whatever. Uh, but, uh,
Start to feel like I'm on one Settling, I be here for the long run I'm a slave for the cash, got snakes in the grass No brakes on the ad, but it's all fun We done seen it all, heard it all Heard enough, give me space before I murder y'all Ten bad bitches here, I'ma curve them all Twelve missed calls and I still made a curtain call Here to light it up, lighten up Heard I'm talking, ain't right enough, tighten up Everything that I came for, I left with I don't bang sets, I just bang on the set list Going past supper when I came for the breakfast Put me in your prayers, I might put you on the guest list Young niggas in the reckless Gold in my soul, got the same on my neck